On the morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th. 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because... Nobody in our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on able danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC-7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her and her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And 
They took the babies out of the incubators. And mobile production facilities. And the rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater, and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never, ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Today, September 10th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I actually didn't plan on playing that entire five-minute opening clip. I was a little behind getting these shared today, but I figured, why not? What a great day to play it going into the anniversary of the biggest PSYOP we've ever lived through. Well, well, maybe not seeing as how we just lived through the COVID-19 PSYOP. Well, interestingly enough, we're going to be talking about that tonight. 8 p.m. Central Time, Brock, myself, and James Corbett are going to be discussing, or rather doing a watch-along Q&A of COVID-9-11, their recent documentary around that exact topic. Very important. And if you haven't seen that opening clip, that five-minute clip, it probably just blew your mind because every single thing in there, which the link will be included, has all the source material and everything he discusses, which you can prove for yourself. So many people are just so afraid to engage with what that really shows them. But today is a really interesting show. Like, really, I think this in general will be one of the most important shows around, in particular, some of the next deployable options in regard to whether we're talking psyops, military action, or flying vaccinators, or the vaccine conversation. This is a very important topic that we've already covered, that we've gone over many different times in regard to both whether we're talking self-spreading concepts or mosquitoes used as vaccinators, which is studied right up until this moment, multiple peer-reviewed studies, funding for that exact topic, yet brought up in certain circles, it's a complete conspiracy theory, like so many things that we can prove today. But this topic is really alarming because of a patent that somebody sent me that's, as far as I can tell, it's not secret. It's publicly on the patent, just uh, uh, on you know displayed on where you can find patents and the many websites they're in. But I haven't seen, at least in my research from the last, from yesterday and today, any major conversations about this. And I don't really know why, because you, uh, their argument is you can't connect this to the military or the government, which I disagree. But nonetheless, it's a very real patent that even the fact checks have been forced to say, yes, this is very real. And yet the only place I seem to find this are on the conspiracy threads, or as they would be framed, or Reddit, 4chan, things like that. Where people, where anybody who investigates things like this knows that a lot of times you can find a lot of important things ahead of where you find them elsewhere, as well as a lot of false information and lies, and like you'll find on Twitter and elsewhere. But this topic is really concerning because it's about a deployable, militarized system for specifically mosquitoes that enables them to cultivate this in a drone, delivery deliver these over a specified area to very very precise locations. And then ultimately have them, depending on how they're programmed, either execute people using the deployed toxin, incapacitate people. You'll love to find out that they specifically 
use that category for civilians, you know, people that are out of control while they protest, as well as being able to vaccinate, to manipulate the immune systems is more specifically. And that's really concerning to me. And then we're going to, and the reason today's general show, that's why I open with this. And as I'll, as I'll just bring this up while we're opening, this is what I was referencing today. It's already up on the website. If you guys want to check it out, the rumble will be added when we're done here. And the rest of the links are ready for the videos that will be live at 8 p.m. tonight. But that it's meant to kind of overlap with a nine, like a, a, a liberty discussion today. What we, what was taken from us post 9-11, what was initiated post 9-11 and never stopped and is now morphing into the biosecurity state. Then from there, the technocracy, as far as I can tell, but we're talking about the security state to the biosecurity state into whatever comes next. And so today is a focus on not just the vehicles, the mechanisms through which that might be executed, whatever that may mean to you, but as well as the idea of our liberty and our constitutional rights and our very freedom and the idea of what emergency governance is bringing to the table. I mean, it's everywhere. You've been hearing me talk about that for, I mean, even before 2020, the age of emergency governance. I used to focus on Trump and even before that, Obama and the executive orders. And today we just act like that's a normal part of governance. It's not. It's not. It's an abused process that's now just been shoehorned in as what they have to do because, well, Congress fights all the time. You think that's by accident? The point is that this has been something that has been developing these signing orders, executive orders, these different abil- the ability of the president or people in authority to unilaterally execute something that is, in my opinion, illegal. Not even meant to apply to more than the executive branch, but we apply it that way anyway, or they tell us that's how it goes. So my point is, is we get into the age of, well, now there's an emergency on top of all of that. Now we just have to kind of pause your rights. For most people, COVID-19 was the first obvious example of that, but it's been going on a long time. We recently had the governor of Arizona speak up and say, well, we can, you no, know, no rights are meant to be indefinite or what's the word she used, basically saying that all of your rights have limits, which she's wrong, undeniably, fundamentally, egregiously wrong. And I'll show you. And the point is that people will argue up till they're blue in the face about why you don't understand. The reality is anybody saying anything about limits on inalienable rights should be laughed away from the conversation. But the hard thing is they're blinded by what they think they know, just like we saw with COVID-19, as well as being able to stand back and go, you know, could we be wrong? Always. Always important to humble yourself with the reality that just because you feel certain about what you're saying, you still may be wrong. So consider that in the conversation. But it's pretty easy when you understand the definition of the word inalienable, shall not be infringed. We'll go into this in the latter half of the show today, but we're going to start with a couple of important points. One about misinformation, another about we're going to actually show you a couple important things about COVID-19 because I just could not include that, but I do think that's a part of where this all goes. And then we're going to get into the vaccine, oh, excuse me, mosquito conversation before we finish with your rights. But COVID-9-11 from Homeland Security to Biosecurity, watch along in Q&A, 8 p.m. tonight. James Corbett, Brock West, myself, it'll be a good time like we did with the uh, uh, Al-Qaeda documentaries, which I really enjoyed as well. I thought were, you know, really powerful. I've seen, I'd seen them before, but then uh, here, I'll just open these up for you. When I watched them in, in succession with them and then the new one on top of it, it just, you know, really did blow, even blow my mind, uh, even though I'd watched the first ones. But make sure you check these out as well. So let's start with this. I saw this from Wittgenstein today. People who trust their gut are suckers for bull, S-H-I-T, they, they, from New York Post, are BS conspiracy theorists, is what it says. And then, quote, then colon, 
scientists. <laughs> you got to love that framing. Says science. <laughs> well, what it is, is many, I'll actually end with a study that Je- Jessica Rose just recently pointed to. There's a lot of these kind of, look, if we haven't realized by now that science is pretty, e- well, rather the, 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 the academia is the way we should frame this. Not science, but academia is easily manipulated. The scientific method is the scientific method. They don't, if, if the point is that people can manipulate studies, they can manipulate academia and the different platforms that put these things forward easily. We've seen that, whether because they don't know they're wrong or because they're manipulated by money or that they could just be wrong, right? Or we could be wrong. All of these are possible. But what my point is, is we all have come to understand that. And this is what they frame as the lack of trust and authority. No, that's just what we always should have been doing, questioning everything. You don't blindly trust a politician. You don't blindly trust a piece of anything for that matter. You have show discernment and ask, this could be wrong. And how could it be wrong? Always. So my point is when they come out and say the people who trust their gut are suckers, this is a long line of effort to try to get you to just doubt what you think, doubt your instincts, doubt your logic and rely on what the authorities tell you, even though that's pretty much always been either wrong or used against you at some point. But as I wrote, this is what desperation looks like. Now, yes, people disagree with that. This is what I think, though. Now, that doesn't mean that they're out there wringing their hands going, oh, no, they're going to get us. But what it means to me is that they're clearly aware that this isn't working anymore. So what else are they going to do? They put a post out that says you're wrong if you listen to yourself. (laughs) That's ridiculous, right? We should laugh at that. So that's why I think it's desperate. Because they don't have any op. That doesn't mean there won't be new options tomorrow with a new false flag over there or a new shooting here. The point, though, is that ultimately this is them without any other options. That's how I see it, at least right now. They know most can see through the agenda, at least at the moment. So the solution, don't trust your lying eyes. Don't trust your instincts. Only trust authority. Now, where have we heard that one before? I mean, everywhere. From Orwell 1984 or, or even in real world examples like with, I don't know. Before, when they said, hey, you must not do your own research. <laughs> At this point, they said when it comes to science, but then very quickly just followed up with that and 14 other platforms and said, you shouldn't do your own research, period. You know this. You saw it. That's unbelievable. This is this is I try, like teaching you how to be ignorant. I was trying to figure out another word to say teaching. But the point is ultimately trying to f- teach you to be ignorant. Because they are worried that you'll see something that you shouldn't, or maybe because the people think, well, you get it wrong. In any case, when has it ever been logic to say, don't do the research because you might be wrong? I mean, I just, it really still blows me away. Or CNN saying, you can't read the WikiLeaks files, but we can tell you what they say. (laughs) There's not even any logic to that. That's why nobody got arrested for it. They just tried to scare you away from reading the very... And did they ever tell you what they said? No. It's crazy. And as I said, Jessica Rose... And there's a hundred different examples of that. Jessica Rose put this out. This is just hilarious. This got published. And that's the point, right? Things like this actually get published. Quote, the results suggest that the complexity of the vaccination decision may make it difficult for individuals with lower cognitive abilities to understand the benefits of vaccination. And she says, guys... It turns out we're all just morons. Now, of course, some people are going to say, yeah, because they think that because anybody that doesn't follow along with the leader is somehow dumb. But it's the complete obvious opposite. And throughout history, that's always been the case. Where is it throughout history where the blind followers of authority turn out to be the ones that were right? It's pretty, again, to take your time to look back through history, but realize here this is September 2023 Journal of Health Econo- Econ- 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 Economics. 
why that is even, it's interesting, but cognitive ability, health policy, and the dynamics of COVID-19 vaccination. That's right there in front of you. We find a strong, positive association between cognitive ability, so being smart or using your brain, and swift vaccination. You know, despite all the obvious side effects and how all of the peer-reviewed science is showing you that they're dangerous, but you're still smarter than the dumb guys because you did what you were told. The results suggest that the complexity of the vaccination decision may make it difficult. It's just too hard for you to think about for individuals with lower cognitive abilities to understand the benefits of vaccination, right? It says, we show that simplifying the vaccination decision through pre-booked vaccination appointments alleviates almost all of the inequality in vaccination behavior. What, what a weird choice of words until you realize where they're either that's just them too blindly focused on the equity and equality. <laughs> the words are appropriate for that statement. Almost all the inequality in vaccination behavior How about just deviation? Like, what a weird choice, except, again, overall, this is, this is, I mean, I have already seen other very highly regarded people going, this is laughable, because it's obvious to understand where this comes from, and you can read it for yourself. I won't waste any more time with it. Please read it, though, if you want to understand how you basically start with a false premise, i.e., vaccination is beneficial. Don't we all agree? Okay, so let's research from there. And what do you find? Well, since we know this is the smart thing, anyone not taking it doesn't understand, right? So then we're going to study into why they don't understand. And then we realize, well, turns out if they're not smart enough to get that, that means they're, and you get where this goes. If you start with the premise that this is inherently good and smart people do it, well, you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. But people in this field are blinded by this. And we, we've proven anything throughout this. It's that. But keep that in mind as we see the kind of science that is being manipulated Question it all, including the ones we'll show you next that completely challenge the narrative of the government. But realize it's all a body of working evidence. Now, before we get there, I wanted to point something out that I thought was important. First of all, so that I think it's funny that I'm going to keep posting this meme. It looks like this one was deleted, by the way, which is hilarious. I guess that happened before the start of the show. But so I'll show you what this is, actually. It's uh, this here. This has been going around. Now, I want to be very clear about this. I'm not going to like this as far as I can tell is a fake image. I'm not going to say that means that what it says is false. In fact, I'm starting to see more and more that there are efforts to put things out that are intentionally, deliberately, clownishly false that are around a real topic. So people then ignore that topic. It's a it's a very basic tactic. And that would come from somebody who would benefit from having you not engage with this information. But I'm not saying that's what I think. That's just one of the people tend to think when I do these that I'm dismissing the topic. I'm not. In fact, I see a lot of interesting evidence around whatever they think might happen throughout September. But either way, it's not provable right now. It's a bunch of hyperbole. And so this is being circulated. Pandemic timeline projection from the World Economic Forum, supposedly, that puts it at September 13th, right? The new pandemic, two starts with a mutated variant. Now, look, you can look at a lot of different data that's around the people that are discussing whether or not there's possibilities based on new variants for new things to pop off. Again, that could very well mean that they know that's going to happen and they're floating that narrative. But to assume that and then put that forward as the fact without truly knowing that is irresponsible and just dishonest as far as I can tell. You see, but my, it's funny that I, even right what I just said will still be framed as me dismissing this, which is just baffling with the way the world works today. But the point here is to get into this. Somebody posted this and it was a screenshot. That's all it is. It's a screenshot. It doesn't even seem complete. And so what I'm going to continue to do is post this meme, which is you just got Twitter filed. 
especially when it turns out to be false. This person is a huge, this is 101,000 followers who apparently has now deleted it without any comment because apparently you just run from the fake things you post. But I just point out that Twitter files has created a world where these people who have large followings think if they find something that's a screenshot, well, it must be the truth. Or at least that's what Twitter files train people to think because screenshots are source material, right? This one's even better because he moves. You just got Twitter filed. <laughs> if you guys have watched Parks and Rec, it kills me. That's Jeremy Jan. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he says a thing that says, you just got jammed. And it's just a dumb meme that I think is funny. But the point is ultimately Twitter filed, I think, is something that is happening a lot. So here's another post. Not a, not a huge one. Oh, it looks like they've even added a thing. What does it say? This is a fake document. The official World Economic Forum's letterhead includes a statement committed to. Well, that's a dumb way to debunk that. Just because it wouldn't say the logo or say the right topping doesn't mean the World Economic Forum wouldn't change that. But again, my point is that doesn't mean that's false either just because Twitter put that there. That's, these are false, you know, what's the, I forget the term for it. Where, you know, because it's like it's saying because they're censored, therefore they're the truth. That's, that's almost never the truth these days. But it could be, certainly could be. Oh, and then look at that. It says the word timeline is spelled incorrectly. <laughs> see, see my point. I highly doubt that they would misspell the word. But again, certainly possible. And so this is circulating a lot. This one is a huge follower, a huge account with 132,000 followers. Stellar announced in five days. That's weird. The world will change. Now, with the, and of course, it gets huge engagement, 1 million views, and they're probably making all sorts of money. This says, oh, I guess this wasn't, just say, didn't I tell you things would happen after that? Well, you know, lots of predictions that just keep going forward. Love that. After the 22nd, I guess that can, the rest of the, the year will work for that. But this says, for you people who are saying you cannot find the article, for you that's saying it's fake, oh, well, he posts a, a screenshot, not a link, by the way, a screenshot to this page. Let's look at it. And he's basically telling you, because it says this general statement about timeline, a pandemic in September 2023, and cuts off the bigger part of the explanation. Well, therefore, it means what I think. Well, this is a very dishonest person, in my opinion, that's knowingly now trying to cover up that they got something wrong, because this is very clear what this ultimately is. If you look at the whole the whole thing, okay, this is, again, you could argue that this may be some kind of secret, but post it on Wikipedia? Come on, let's be smarter than this. It says, this article documents the, chrono the chronology and epidemiology of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes, they, they claim causes COVID-19, is responsible for the pandemic. In the, the ongoing version of what they're claiming is the pandemic up to September 2023. So you could find this same post on Wikipedia for every month. You get the point? So you could find one that says August 2022. The point is it's saying it's, it's the dynamic list and it's just an added verse that you can see right there. It's merged with this overall timeline. So instead of just hiding part of the story, you can realize this is an ongoing thing that's happened every time. You know, this is what's frustrating. I'm going to be the first to tell you that I think there's absolutely corruption involved with this to the point to where there may be something executed. I'm not saying I didn't have any evidence of that, but I believe these people are capable of that. And I do have evidence of the kind of things that they could use to do so. And I have no idea why people would dismiss that possibility. But we should also not push an unverified thought because it gets you attention. I'm not saying that's why he did this, but others I can clearly tell are trying to do that. But he says, but I'm not done because I know you'll have something trying to debunk this, you know, me apparently. Post to this other post, which is, again, no source material, no link. Which I don't, that's not what people do when they're trying to prove something. I had to type it out and I found it and it's right here. Now, again, this is from International, International Monetary Fund, which I think is the virtual website. It looks a little cheap to me, but 
It does appear to be .org, so you guys can tell me. But overall, it just says back to the trend. Global debt evaluation evolution before and after the pandemic. And then it puts September 13th, which again is, the, I guess, the date that they have here. Somebody put there. The, the outbreak unfolds. Okay. Well, this, has, this whole thing has nothing to do with any predictions. It just simply reads off about global debt databases and return to its long-term increased trends. What, just because it shows the date? Which I think is, I don't, I don't know why it shows the date 13th when it's the 10th. I don't even know what that means. But I don't see why you would just assume that that means what you wanted to unless, you know, you're trying to push a narrative. Now, when something happens in the 13th, we can come back and say, hey, he was right. Or when something doesn't happen in the 13th, we can come back and say, oh, look at where he posted down here and said, turns out I was wrong. <laughs> Probably won't happen. But then it links to this bottom one, which is the same post. And then has this by the way, which is just a typed out version. And he says, here's the link, which he almost in, it deliberately makes it so you can't do it. And when you actually type it all the way out, this is not the accurate link. So I either accidentally mistyped or type. I literally typed this out exactly to get this. You can see it right there. And that's all it is. So that's the proof. A, 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 a image PDF image of the thing you shared like that. I'm just, this is so crazy to me. Anyway, taking too long on this. The point is that there's a lot of this going around where people are just tripling and doubling down a lot of huge people, with large accounts sharing things that the very best can't verify. I just don't, it's, it's amazing. And yet people like us are getting censored and deranked and decent all over the place. It's everywhere. Even large right-wing accounts for sharing things that we can prove right back to the same old Twitter, apparently. So let's go over some important information from the COVID-19 discussion before we go into where I think this overlaps. That's what's really concerning to me, whether that, whether that means something like this to be deployed or, again, I'm not saying I have evidence that's going to happen. I'm just saying that this is where these things seem to intersect. And if you can't think, wrap your mind around the possibility that your government could do something like that, even though they've done it before, that they've admitted to testing biological and chemical uh, entities or I guess weapons, but substances rather on unwitting Americans, 239 times. It's been written about more than once. Just literally type in 239 times the U.S. has admitted. It's on our website, in fact. I think the Free, the free Thought Project shared a while back. So when you see these overlaps, ask yourself whether this is possible, especially when you can see that they're cornered, when people see what they're doing and they have nothing to do other than say, shut up, you're wrong. Don't trust people that are crazy. That's desperation is what I mean. And that means they'll take desperate action to hover things up. September 4th, 2023. Now, here's this is one, the, one of the other overlapping points to this is to ask yourself if we can see them lying in such vivid technicolor at this point with all of the body of the, I mean, almost every study I see coming out is breaking down these lies in real. I mean, the next one's even crazier. And yet they just keep saying, no, that's not true. Fake news. I, so, so just broaden that reality out. If you're very aware of that, as you should be, broaden that out to everything. Why wouldn't they lie about everything else that benefited them? In 2023, breakthrough COVID infections among vaccinated individuals and reinfections in previously infected people have become common. Additionally, and that's not because of the idea that they include this is like every other study, because they almost every like the vast majority of people that go through this are people that have also had an injection. People I and mean, everything that I've seen, every study, even from the major platforms that look at people who have only ever gotten sick and then gotten recovery. Do not get sick again. 
I've, I've shown you 15 of these studies right up until last year that say durable, lasting, and robust, even for variants of concern. The only people that get sick again are the people that put these shots in their body. And the science, the mechanisms for why is, I mean, is, is easy to understand as anything in science right now. Yeah, I say it like that because some people just might not be able to understand any of this stuff. But the reality being that the outline for this is very clear. It, I mean, to make it as simple as possible, it destroys your immune system. Very simple. And then you're more susceptible, even if you got something that protected you. Even if you went through it before, you take the injection, and guess what? Like we've shown you, it removes the antibodies. And there you go. Now, it says, additionally, infections are due to Omicron subvariants of the virus that behave differently from those at the onset of the pandemic. I'll include these just in case you want to dive further on that interesting point that there was a recent study that came out that found that Omicron was not natural, that everything from Omicron forward has been something that has been altered. Now, that doesn't have to inherently mean that the earlier ones weren't, but they're saying they can prove that based on what they found. It lines up with a lot of other stuff. And the studies in there, I've gone over it twice, actually. And as well as the one I did in 2022, where I, oh, I discussed and theorized about this exact point before the science was proving it, Omicron, the self-spreading vaccine. And what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe it's a virus-sized transistor. Maybe it's pathogenic bacteria. Or maybe it's a virus. All of those things are possible. So we shouldn't dismiss one thing because people may think something that you may disagree with. Then it goes on to say, the bivalent vaccinated group had a slightly but statistically significantly higher infection rate than the unvaccinated group in the statewide category of over 50. You know, the group they're telling you, get it quick because you're at the most risk. Well, guess what? That injection makes them more susceptible to getting sick. Wow. Where have we heard that? Oh, on this show, 45 times and anybody else paying attention. It says it may not significantly reduce the risk of infections. Now, there's other things you, know, you could read. Those, I just plucked out the ones that they're proving. What I always find interesting is they then go on to theorize around those things. And yes, they're experts, but they go on to say, right, how, but um, there was no, or was this suggest that while bivalent vaccine might offer protection against severe outcomes, see, I can include that, but you see, that's their opinion. Suggest that while it might, that's, I'm not interested in that. The point was the, the bottom line is that the, the, the data found statistically significant higher infection rate in the above 50 group that were, uh, that were vaccinated. Just add it to the gigantic pile. One peer-reviewed study after peer-reviewed study that continues to find what they tell you is not true. And people that are afraid to look at it just don't want to see it because they don't want to embrace the reality that they made a bad choice, that they put their children at risk. I get it. Here is Chief Nerd pointing out that as they're hyping our surge in cases, get your vaccines that are hurting people. Get it now because cases like even if you think there may be a risk, they're trying to make you think it's so much more scary and dangerous to get you to go. Well, it's worth it because this is that. This is the, this is the increase. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. That is that is lower than almost ever at any other point in the entire time of this fake pandemic. And yet they're hyping this right now to push you into something that is even less tested than before based on the same platform that is dangerous. We also just showed you Mandy Cohen telling you, go ahead and get your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time, even though she's saying that in a broad way and doesn't even know what this next one will look like and whether, and, and even on top of that, the reality that the one before it still has never been tested alongside other vaccines. And we've shown you that many, 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 many times right there. Whether they affect, may affect the efficacy or safety of either of them have not been performed. It's very simple. I've shown you this over and over and over. I posted it right below here. And it doesn't matter, though. The science and the facts don't matter to these people. Or she doesn't know, and that's even more scary to me.
Now, here's one of the ones that I think just this. If you haven't seen these kind of studies, this is something to put in front of other people. This is from MDPI. Vaccine or gene therapy, the safety regulatory issues. Published June 22nd, 2023. I guess the corporate media just missed this one. COVID-19 vaccines were developed and approved rapidly in response to urgent cre- urgency created by the pandemic. Now, you could argue urgency created by the alive about the pandemic. Then it goes on to say, now that the pandemic emergency has passed, it is time to consider the safety issues associated with this rapid approval. All right, so just be clear. It's weird how they can simultaneously say that this thing was record, rushed out in record time because of all these excuses even though all that really happened was an, a, a long-term development of technology over 20 years, and then they rapidly pushed it into some execution they could use. Just because they say, that, you know, Fauci loves to say a, the rapid developments in science, and that's not true. <laughs> they, this stuff was there beforehand. They justify using it. The reality, though, is that they can't say that they didn't rush this and at the same time say that they got it out faster than ever. Like, it's just so silly, the kind of contradictions they have. But the point is that now that we're past the emergency that would in any way justify, they claim, the fact that they went too fast and maybe some of the stuff that they missed, right? Well, they're going, well, now we're past that point. So let's stand back and let's logically evaluate the risk that we're dealing with. Seems like a smart thing to do, right? The mode of action of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines should classify them as gene therapy products. Well, we all know that. Even the liars know that. It's such a game that's been played. And the reason this is so concerning is that they're engaged with differently because they're claimed as vaccines as opposed to gene therapy. It says some of the tests that they have undergone as vaccines have produced non-compliant results in terms of purity, quality, and batch homogeneity. Uh, uh, well, we talked about this. It's, it's across the board right now. People are Outside of the CDC, people are finding that these things are dangerous. I mean, in new ways that we've already talked about, that they're not qual- that they're. I mean, and Brooke Jackson has been breaking this down early on. But the DNA contamination, the purity, all of these things are problems. And yet they're still using them. The wide and persistent biodistribution of mRNAs and their protein products, meaning they go all around your body. They're not supposed to do that. Incompletely studied due to their declass- their classification as vaccines, right? So that is a lie. And that's causing them to not be engaged with the way that it would flesh out more of their problems, raises safety issues, right? If you're engaging this with, the, with something that regulates things that produce a response, then you're missing out how these things can have genetic problems or co- go on to create other issues in your body. Most mar- post-marketing studies have shown that mRNA passes into breast milk and could have adverse effects on breastfed babies. <gasps> Shocking. You already know this. Long-term expression, integration into the genome, transmission into germline, passage into sperm, embryo-fetal, and prenatal toxicity, genotoxicity, and termogenicity should be studied in light of the adverse report, advance reports in pharmacovigilance databases, meaning it's being reported all over the place. We need to find out, and they don't want to. The potential horizontal transmission, i.e. shedding, should also be assessed. Yeah, you think? We should expect these controls to be required for future mRNA vaccines developed outside the context of pandemics, right? It's not happening. That's one of the most important lines in all of this. It's just a basic conclusion. Well, obviously, if we're not in an emergency, why would they rush past all of these studies like they justified doing before to the guys that we were in danger? If we're no longer at the risk of an emergency, they should be testing these and take a year, take longer. Nope. We're not in that time anymore. We're at the age where six weeks doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's for a cold vaccine. We're going to pump it out in six weeks because it's a genetic change to the platform we created. That was always the plan. I need people need to understand that. Now, even crazier about that. Well, I guess never mind. You see that? So frustrating. 
So I usually do that. I was in a rush today. I don't know why the Daily Mail does this. It just refreshes their pages. And now I can't go back. I don't even remember what the title was. Let's see. I think I actually I think I remember one of the words that might pop up. There it is. I did get it. Isn't that frustrating though? I had it highlighted, but I'm not whatever. It's just it's just there's so much of this happening. Guys, that is not about why why would a platform want that to happen? It's about the controlled flow of information. I'm convinced. So you can't save. They change these things constantly, especially now that they're mostly online. They just update things. They, re, you know, if we're talking about government, I guess it probably happens constantly. But even the editors probably edit and update and change. They don't post these things anymore. They don't say up the top, and this has been edited like they're supposed to. It's crazy. Anyway, even Biden flouts the CDC's debunked dictates. It's just crazy. So Biden stands up and he makes a joke. Don't tell him I didn't have it on. Ha ha ha. You know, as they're arresting people or have throughout history, throughout the COVID illusion for not wearing the mask, they're now making people wear again. And he gets to laugh it off like it's no big deal. I guess that's nice to be an elitist, right? Less than 80, 48 hours later, Biden tested positive, or Jill Biden tested positive. We know that. He still didn't wear it. It's amazing how nobody cares about that. If it was Trump, they would be freaking out about this all day long. Apparently, he's not taking this very seriously, right? Frankly, the president seems to agree with the fact that this is not an issue, that masks aren't important. He won't say that, but his flouting of this publicly really shows you that. It says, no wonder Biden thinks masks wearing weren't necessary. It says, one of the largest public health interventions in our era, masking, has been systematically studied by doctors and epidemiologists with impeccable credentials in evidence-based medicine, and they found no evidence that masks reduce COVID rate infections. Wow. Isn't it amazing? It takes three and a half years to acknowledge the thing that we were saying in the very beginning, 2020. A lot of us were, by the way. It says that also the conclusion review, that's also the conclusion of reviews by the renowned British medical research group, the Cochrane Collaboration, which we've shown you. So why are some people in the U.S. still pushing this, choosing to ignore it? I think you know why. Now it says, to make no mistake, masking is making a comeback. It's happening. The school districts in Maryland are reinstating them. Hollywood's making it happen. This is, but why? Now we, we now know that masking for COVID doesn't work. Like, is it what's, this is what's so frustrating about this fake development. What do you mean? Now we know. We knew beforehand. The science was clear beforehand. Even Fauci floated that, and then they just shifted. It's like we're in some kind of trauma-based mind control here, guys. Like, how do we not recognize? You know, we don't now know. We always knew. You guys just chose to ignore it for three years. It says the sad reality is the Americans traumatized by COVID pandemics are looking for the CDC. Not no, I think the scared ones are, but most people are aware that they've been lied to. But it says on Saturday, you saw this, Fauci was confronted on CNN about that Cochrane View mass study where they said this is all wrong. And Fauci knows that. Dr. Tom Jefferson in Oxford, who led the Cochrane View analysis, responded to Fauci about Fauci saying he was probably wrong, saying, well, it might be that Fauci's relying on trash studies. A little jab back at him, right? A little couple of scientists jabbing back with their comments. And of course, I mean, he's obviously right. I mean, the fact is Fauci's hiding from his lies, in my opinion, because he's, he's, he's wrong. The evidence is clear. Fauci was, this is one of the best parts. Perhaps Fauci was referring to the CDC's 2020 study of two hairstylists. That was very real, by the way. Ridiculous. Maybe he was referring to a CDC study that measured infections for only a couple of weeks, which was completely debunked after the fact. Yeah, Exactly. Over and over. And when I see when I see debunked, it's I mean, this is like high level stuff where they pulled this stuff back. Possibly he was thinking about analysis of Boston schools for New England Journal of Medicine, where they claimed that it reduced it by 30 percent. Right. Huge one. Right. 
That was also found by a research group to have used inappropriate methods. We've told you all this, right? Where they pretend that conflating masks, distancing, and hand-washing somehow makes masks look like, look, masks work. Amazing. No, hand-washing clearly worked. The point is they do that on purpose. I'll leave it there. The point is it's so ridiculous and obvious that they all know this. Now, all of that aside, the fact that we can clearly know and I mean, no, that we've been lied to, that they've been floating false information, that they've driven you to do things that verifiably that their own science in 2015 and forward proved would make you more sick, like cloth masks, any number of things that have proven like, I mean, even like social distancing and lockdowns, they knew what these things would do to people, guys. It's on the record. These things have been studied. So knowing these things, what else are they lying about? Right? What else are they hiding from the population? Well, this really kind of blew me away when I got into this. Not because I didn't know this was there, like in a general sense, or because I didn't think this was possible, but because of how transparent, like right on the surface of this conversation it is. And then what it, what this, my research around the name of the person and where this leads to is very concerning to me. So in the context of, you know, the potential 9-11, COVID 9-11 kind of conversation and what happens to justify the biosecurity state, I worry about things like this. We've all heard the conversations about the mosquitoes and how this has been used. I mean, these things really do worry me because it's already being used, right? We've already seen this kind of stuff. This is toxic mosquito aerial release system. When I mean used in this stuff, I mean like GM mosquitoes manipulating these things to take to execute a certain agenda so if this has been around since 2014 we need to ask ourselves whether this might have been used might have been tested is it possible this could have already been used or tested somewhere and was that the reason something else started as it says tmar's associates trustee <clears throat> and i'm going to get into what that even means there's all these basically these blind trusts which i'm convinced are basically the government or uh, you know, intelligence or Department of Defense kind of stuff, where they have these blind, these trusts that fund these things. I'm going to show you what these, what some of these larger patents are. They're, I mean, this is like straight out of spy novel stuff that are very real patents. If you believe that some random guy could create a toxic mosquito aerial release system and get it patented and approved, I mean, that's just so it's blind. Like we're going to get, I'll get into some of the stuff that talks about like stroke inducing bullets, and they're very real. So if you think for a second that they would allow someone to make a patent for something that's a, a weapon that can deploy toxic chemicals, <laughs> you're, you're lying to yourself. This stuff is going through proper channels and it is, is paid for with trust that we can't verify and is being approved with no question. I think you know exactly what that shows you. My point, and, and, and well, I think that was the end on this one. You, you can see these compounds here. It'll come up in a second. Scopolamine. Very interesting. It comes up a few times, and I'll show you somebody commenting what they think what they think that's used for. Oh, it's the same one. So here, this was somebody. Thank you to Dr. Catherine, PhD, for pointing this out. This is where I, somebody sent me this, where I saw it first, and somebody says um and points out the the chemical here, scopolamine, and Dr. Catherine says it's used in Colombia to, to drug tourists and rob them. Hmm. Well, that's that's exactly the point. That's exactly what this is talking about, because the point is what one of the things they get into is incapacitation of civilians doing this to stop people that might be rioting. Or toxic agents that kill people or things that can vaccinate. All of this is very real. I'll show you right now. Now, before we even get into the bigger conversation about this, this person's name, very interestingly, it's Mill S. Calvert. That's just it's just how they it's the last name, the first name. 
or, you know, I think it was, maybe it was Calvert S. Mill. Either way, it's, it's, it's flipped on a couple of these. S. Mill Calvert. See right there. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's the, anyway. So either way, the point is that it's an interesting pseudonym is what I think it is. Military covert. Some people were talking about on, on threads. I don't know, possibly, but that's just a random assumption. But let's look at some of the other patents by this S. Mill Calvert. Now, these are very real, but this is, this is a, one of many patent websites. You can look these up anywhere. Some of the ones that stood out to me I thought were pretty interesting. The first, very first one that was 2016. RFID warning Intel signal grit system, a system for remote detection of troop movement using granular, granular RFID tags. Sort of sounds like almost like a smart dust version of something that could be used. There's a lot of really crazy stuff in here. I mean, it's my point about this stuff. <clears throat> like, this one is a single round exploder, an exploding firearm cartridge. Like, I don't think any random person can just create these things because these you have to. You can't just write down words on a piece of paper and submit it. These things have to be proven. You have to have working models. You understand, right? So the bottom line is that these things are. I don't see how these could legally be approved or, or executed without some kind of higher authority. You'll see what I mean. Robot, this one, these are some of the weirder ones, but the craziest ones at the bottom. Robot immobilizer and signal interference foam. This just made me think about Maui for some reason. A method to perform to, to is performed to immobilize a, and radio isolate a robotic device. Mixed together, create a foam that hardens to 50% to 75% of its ultimate physical characteristics. Less than 90 seconds, containing metal particles. Very weird. Soil stabilizer also made me think of Maui. I just, I, in case you guys haven't seen that, just can't type. I just did this episode specifically about soil tack, which they're claiming they're going to start to use a soil stabilizer all in all of Lahaina, which in my opinion is going to cover up all the evidence that might be there. <clears throat> anyway, watch that if you like to check it out. But this has a device capable of autonomously burrowing into the earth and when at depth, discharging a fluid into geologic formation. It's like there's things that people don't even know exist. This is just crazy to me. Now, here's where it gets into the things that I think are important to the conversation today. Well, this one was just weird, a powered telescoping knife handle. So basically what it is, it's something that has like a cartridge that explodes and it fires out like a something that kills somebody from the end of your hand, knife. Very, this is like spy stuff. Check this out. Sabotage cartridge with toxic agent. So these are the kind of things like, you know, just for things like, for instance, like the, the heart attack gun. It's weird how people still pretend like that's a conspiracy theory, even though that was held up and publicly discussed in a congressional hearing back in, I think, the 60s, right? It's a very real conversation. <clears throat> These are very real things. You can look up. There's patents for them. But this one says a capsule is configured to have the outward appearance of a cartridge for a firearm. And the capsule is designed to release a toxic agent when struck by the firing pin of the firearm. The capsule includes a casing, a bullet-shaped container, a toxic agent, and a cup. So it seems like it's an, a gun that's not a gun that's made to look like it, but you can just kind of hit them with this thing and they're... Then you, I, most of these things are designed to where you can't tell where it came from. A container fits within the casing to give an outward appearance of an ordinary bullet in a regular cartridge for, for that firearm. A primer and remote radio frequency activator may also be used to release the toxic agent. Yeah, some random guy from his garage, right? This one is most important, I think. Stroke-inducing bullet. 2015. A bullet is formed with a hollow interior compartment which contains particles. A bullet sidewall surrounding the hollow interior compartments breaks after impact with the target to release the particles from the hollow interior compartment. Preferably, each particle in the hollow interior compartment has a core substance and a coating surrounding the core substance. 
The coating is designed to release the core substance after the bullet contacts the target. Almost sounds like your vaccination platform method. I'm not saying that's connected. I just think that's an interesting overlap. The core substance swells when in contact with blood, which may be time delayed in order to enter the bloodstream. Right. I mean, so this is the same kind of stuff. This is like a CIA weapon to give someone a stroke and then act like nothing happened. Oh, the guy's just old, right? Toxic mosquito aerial system. This is what we're talking about today. This is the same pattern, the same exact discussion. March 3rd, 2015. Assignee is this TMARS Associates, a trustee for Toxic Mosquito Aerial Release System CRT Trust. That's it. That's all we get. Here's the next page. Only a couple more things I thought stood out to me. This one is a hollow point payload capsule. Same kind of thing. A capsule contains a product that may tag a person for tracing, induce sleep, cause disease, or have other effects. Capsules are preferably removably adhered to a strip with each strip of the capsules potentially serving a different purpose. The incomplete cartridge includes a bullet that has on an opening at the, at, at the payload end. The capsule is made of a, a, a frangible material that releases the product upon impact. A peel-off covering atop the strip shields the contact adhesive from contamination. I mean, what are these other than, you know, high-level intelligence weapons? Now, here is the actual patent on the Google patents with the full listing. And this is crazy. So you can see on here in general, the patent number, remember, is active. Anticipated expiration, 2035. Very interesting to me. It even has the drone deployment system, and that's where this gets into the most in- just alarming reality of all this. Oh, I'll just read this as well. I didn't read on the last one. A device for the aerial release of mosquitoes includes an unmanned aerial vehicle operable by remote control. It carries a container holding a central processing unit and a mosquito breeding bin, which it is a self-contained volume housing mosquitoes and a mosquito food having a toxin suitable to be transmitted by the mosquito bite after the mosquito consumes the mosquito food. Pretty simple. A release tube is connected to the mosquito breeding bin and sized and to release mosquitoes from the mosquito breeding bin. A valve is connected to the release tube and is operable by remote control so that when open, the mosquitoes have an open pathway out of the container through the release tube. Governments have sought after weapons that can be used to deliver chemicals, viral and bacteria bacteriological substances for lethal and non-lethal administration to assembled masses of people. Such weapons can be used to control both armed enemies and civilians. Not all uses of such weapons are prohibited by treaty. The the present invention is capable of delivering lethal and non-lethal toxins, including any agent that can be carried and administered by a mosquito. So anything. Anything that can be put into liquid form, essentially. In the United States, lethal compounds, lethal chemical weapons are regulated by the Convention on the Prohibition and the Development, Production, Stockpiling, and Use of Chemical Weapons and on their destruction, which entered into force in 1997. You know, that the U.S. and all the leading powers seem to completely ignore. The treaty is usually referred to as the Chemical Weapons Convention. It is an arms control treaty with 165 signatory countries, and it outlaws the production, stockpiling, and the use of chemical weapons and their precursors. None of them follow us. Israel uses them all the time. So does the United States. The treaty has been interpreted to allow the development of non-lethal chemicals, such as calmative and gastrointestinal convulsives. That's crazy. When classified as riot control agents, this is exactly what Israel does. 
and the U.S. is using as well. But we've proven this where they have these they, they call it tear gas, but people die because of it. People go into convulsions because of it. The point is that they they interpret it to mean that the development of non-lethal, whatever that means to them, and it, by the way, anything can eventually kill somebody, so they argue just because they die doesn't mean we made it lethal. Calmative. So you can spray this over people and cause them to get calm or to have gastrointestinal convulsions, specifically for civilians. It says, additionally, non-lethal weapons involving calmative agents have been studied for use by the U.S. Armed Forces. Yeah, quite the civilian, this guy. In the United States, lethal biological weapons are regulated by the Convention on the Prohibition of, and the, de- of the, de- uh, you know, the, the co- uh, Chemical Weapons Convention. This is, this is a 1972 treaty banning the production. Oh, excuse me, this one being the Biological Weapons Convention. The 72 treaty banning the production of microbial and other biological agents or toxins and their means of delivery. This treaty has also been interpreted not to apply to the biological agents or toxins themselves. Did you know that? I'm sure they pretend that's the case. And the reality meaning that, well, he says, but rather in certain purposes for which they may be employed, which are prohibited. Great. So they can do, they can use, if they don't use them to bomb a city, well, then who cares? We can use them. That's kind of what they're saying or whatever their nuanced understanding is. Thus, there are permitted purposes defined to include prophylactic, protective, and other peaceful purposes. Whatever they define as peaceful. They pretend their wars are peaceful. The biological agents or toxins may not be retained in quantities that have no justification or which are inconsistent with the permitted purposes. Less lethal toxins are sometimes described as neural inhibitors. We've heard that before. Gastrointestinal convulsives, neuropharmacological agents, calmative agents, and disassociative hallucinogens. Great. Get ready to hear those things. Their delivery systems are designed for use against armed enemies, rioters, or protesters, however they want to pretend they're on the side, one side or the other, and groups of potentially hostile civilians. So everyone in this country at this point, according to the government, cognitive agents include an array of psychoactive substances that induce sleep or create disabling hallucinations. An example is BZ, which again is a compound related to scopolamine, previously developed during the Cold War. Great. So what the other, the PhD lady was telling us is used in certain countries to drug tourists. Great. Now we see why it's being used. For example, one unquestioningly legal, legal, he says, application of the toxic mosquito delivery system is immunization made possible by adding a toxin that is a genetically modified bacterium capable of activating a person's immune system to fight malaria. Malaria, uh, none other than malaria right now. You all know where that's going to go in a second. Those contaminated mosquitoes could be airily released to immunize at-risk populations against malaria. Now, look, guys, this exact thing is literally already happening. Just because we want to carve this out about whether that's toxic or used. I mean, these things are toxic as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, actually, I'm going to jump ahead really quickly because I don't want this to be missed from this exact point. Right. So right now, I'm going to get into one of these fact checks next. They're saying fake. That's not true, and the government's never done that. Well, that's completely false. We can prove that's false. It was right here. Hold on. Showing you all my tweet, all my stuff. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Did I miss this somehow? No, of course. See, 
I don't know. I, you guys should laugh at me. I do this all the time. I already got ahead of myself and thought about it and moved it over and I forgot. Anyway, so, so here's what I'm going to jump ahead to that I already moved up. This is the Smithsonian Magazine. Do not fear the drones airdropping 50,000 mosquitoes from above. That's 2018. Okay, we know that, right? And we also know that they've already discussed flying vaccinators for exactly this purpose against malaria. Literally. Funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay, so the bottom line is, as we're going through this, is that not exactly what this is? Now, maybe you could argue this, and even using drones to release them, to get them ready in the way they need to be, release them over certain areas. Well, what are we, what are we talking about? So, in my opinion, this is something that's already being used. It says, since making the enemy troops sick is an important military objective, which is something to think about in the context of what might have happened before COVID-19, one must then look at what means are available to get the pathogens, germs, and viruses to the enemy. Something to think about. How this, you know, is it not possible this could have been something that was already tested? Was this something that they were working on? Maybe maybe China and the United States working together on some kind of executed plan, and that got out somehow. Wuhan military games. I don't know, or one way or the other. Maybe China deployed it on the U.S. or U.S. deployed it on China. Either way, guys, it's very possible. The, the miracle, it says, this miracle of technology can carry a sickness agent, covertly go to the enemy area, specifically find the individual enemy, and can contaminate the enemy with absolutely no warning. This ultra-high de- ultra tech device of nature is called a mosquito. If only there was a way for military planners to harvest and use the power of the mosquito. They can easily stricken and kill large masses of enemy troops without even a single shot being fired. How would you think? Why? Look, just based on that one discussion, one paragraph. Are we going to pretend that this would not be like this is 2014 and 15. This is being discussed. That alone, they would have been like, do it. Go. Here's a million dollars. See what you can make happen. And, and along with a hundred other thousand, a hundred thousand other directions where if you're telling them like with robots, we've seen the uh, Boston dynamics and these robots, like anything that they're being sold on. That is, you can use less people, have less engagement, have less concern for what happens, just deploy robots. Of course, they're going to say, let's use that. Or if you could have a way to deploy mosquitoes that would incapacitate them in a humanitarian way, however you want to make this make sense for your mind, why wouldn't they fund that? Why would, why would this be sitting on a shelf somewhere? Right. Maybe it's not. The answer to aerial delivery of mosquitoes for medical purposes or for... In, oh no, by the way, just because I said that doesn't mean that, therefore, that it is happening, right? Just because why would they not use it is not the reason to say we know that it is being used, but it's a very easy point to make to say it's logical. We shouldn't be dismissing that it might be being used. And the evidence seems to suggest that that's what they would have done and what they are doing based on what's happening. But I'm not saying we can prove that they've done it. That's an important distinction, guys, because I think that's we end up getting lost in that where just because we know they're criminals, we I mean, look, I would even say it's if you're if you were ever going to assume it's this kind of thing that I would that I would. But it's just it just ends up you end up getting used when you believe something before, you know, you can prove it. Right. I mean, it's such an easy way to get manipulated. So we have that's why I talk about irritating objectivity. It's just necessary today. The answer to aerial delivery of mosquitoes for medical purposes or for integrating military technology together with the power of mosquito has now been solved with the invention of the toxic mosquito aerial release system. With this new technology, insects can now be more important than individual immunizations. 
or than tanks or laser-guided bombs. Don't you think it's interesting how they seem to conflate all of this stuff today in every conversation, the idea of health and, and immunization with medical or with military and, and, uh, and deployment? That's since concern because it's all seen through the lens of, of military countermeasures. And everything is the military today because this whole country operates as one big military. Like in the sense of, I mean, like we've talked about this before. You remove all of the merchants of death, purchasing of weapons and bombs and selling to other countries. This country would completely fall apart. Hope this shouldn't be that way. But our governments over the years, based on our apathy, have allowed that to be the reality. This, we operate on the blood of other countries at this point. That's how this works. We, we need to fight to change that. The toxic mosquito area release system works by having a small RF-controlled drone that includes a flying mosquito uh, breeding laboratory. All the conditions are perfect. We kind of read this above already. So swarms of mosquitoes will then fly down and bite the enemy as the enemy swats the mosquitoes that just bite him. He will not realize that the toxic mosquito's bite is much more effective than a bullet. With the toxic mosquito area release system, large masses of people can be immunized or enemy troops can now be wiped out or rendered useless without having to risk or endanger our own troops. Again, that's something that makes their ears perk up. The toxic mosquito area release system is extremely low cost and can easily accomplish what a billion dollars in medical interventions or airstrikes can do. So either way you look at this, from either side of this, this is the, like, whether you're thinking about making more money or spending less money or risking less assets, either way you look at it, this is something the government will be drooling about. For military purposes, the mosquitoes may be used to deliver an agent such as malaria, deliver an agent such as malaria to create sickness, or they could use a much more toxic or highly contagious agents and viruses. The toxic mosquito area release system is new and needed technology. It is a way to to administrative, curative, or immunological injections. Very clear. To administer calmative agents or to administer deadly disease to wipe out and disable the enemy at a minimal cost. For use in conflict, there is no longer the need to spend countless billions of dollars and to destroy entire areas with bombing or to wound or sacrifice our bravest and finest soldiers. When it comes down to the hell of war or the miraculous, beautiful technology of a mosquito, the choice will be easy to make. So says the inventor. Terrifying to me. Now, one of many. Fact check. The U.S. has deployed a drone to spread infectious insects in the air. Interesting way to frame that. Now, the whole fact check is hinged on the idea that this is not the government that has done this, right? Well, that's a broad thing. The government doesn't mean the Department of Defense alone. The the government could mean anything from the NIH to the CDC to abstract versions of that that fund medical apparatuses through people like the Bill and the Gates Foundation, right? Where we know this has happened, where we know that they funded this exact kind of stuff, which I'll get into in a second. So it's interesting. This is from 2022. Well, this was also highlighted, but I think the main points for me, well, first of all, by the way, and I didn't even, I think I remember this, I might have remembered this being floated, but this was not, for those that want to say this is, you know, there's so many people out there trying to make people like us that are just open to all possibilities out to be a shill for one thing or the other. More assumption, as always, question that, obviously, but assuming that because of an association, it's just child-level naivety, but this is, about the Russian defense ministry apparently argued that in 2022, the U.S. government was using these, which I find really interesting, which maybe that means that the Russia was doing so too, but it's not hard to see that the U.S. government is in this realm. And I'll, I'll show you very clearly next. 
The point, though, is they're saying that this is the same patent, by the way. So they're pointing out, you know, the, 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 the fact check says, yes, this does exist. You can find this. And it says it was granted for invention known as the, uh, you know, what we told you, the T-Mars. It says, however, the patent documents do not reveal any link to the U.S. government or military, which, again, I'm not seeing that, that, that the fact that these people are capable to put these patents out proves that they have some kind of access to authority or are part of it. But, I mean, guys, I mean, just take a minute to look at what the process is to actually get these things approved. You don't just write stuff out. It's not, I mean, some cases it can be theory, but at some level there needs to be some kind of viable proof. Or even if there wasn't, the idea that they would let some random civilian make a patent for some kind of toxic stroke-delivering weapon or toxic mosquitoes that can immunize people, I just don't believe that makes sense at all. But they say, or any other official entity. Now, that is where they lost. They just screwed themselves because I'll prove to you that there's many official entities involved with this. At just the idea that they're delivering drones with mosquitoes. But it says the inventor of the device is listed as S. Mill Calvert of Virginia, of, of all places, you know, CIA. And the applicant, who was Tmar's associates, a trustee for this entity. Like, that's just what trustee is developing intelligence-level deployments for military. I mean, come on, this is just so ridiculous. But it says, according to the device's description, the drone will be equipped with all the things we already discussed. So they're telling you it's very real. It is very real, as you can tell. <clears throat> and then it says, the verdict, you know, there is no evidence that the U.S. government or military or other official entity has developed a drone that can spread insects. Well, I mean, okay, so very ridiculously false, because we can prove that right there. Do not fear the drones airdropping 50,000 mosquitoes from above for the podcast. 2018. None other than. Oh, which one? Oh, is it? Hold on. I thought this was the same one. Oh, let me read the first paragraph. There's another one that's Oxypec. <clears throat> it says, on an early spring morning, a humming drone hovered over a small town in Brazil. 300 feet above the ground, a small canister clicked open, ejecting its contents into the mouth of a release mechanism below. For a moment, there was a silence, then a swarm of mosquitoes, freshly awoken, stretched their wings and took flight. Okay, this is interesting. From Smithsonian Magazine, 2018. So again, just ask yourself whether something like this might have been tested, and that could have been the reason something else started. You know, COVID-19, anything else you want to think about. These are just possibilities. Now here is something I also want to include. For those that are, always want to go the angle of they wouldn't do that without you knowing. Well, yeah, they really would. And they've even gone so far as to write entire scientific studies about why it should be that way. Some theorists argue that moral bioenhancement, right? So deploying something that might give you a genetic therapy that can, they argue, keep you safe from something, that's a, that's a bioenhancement, ought to be compulsory, so forced. He says, I take this one step further, arguing that if this is necessary, then it ought to be compulsory. Then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt, Right? This is to say that it's morally preferable, that's a stretch, for compulsory moral bioenhancement to be administered without the recipients knowing that they're receiving the enhancement, right? Because their argument is, well, if it's in the interest of public health, well, then it's in the interest of, of it's in the benefit of society to do it without them knowing because they won't understand is the crux of the point. So just consider that. This is 2019, right before this all started. Now, for those that are already thinking this is not even something that's real, this is from 2010. Flying vaccinators from ScienceDaily.com can genetically engineered mosquitoes 
provide a new strategy against specifically malaria. So in 2014-15, this patent is specifically talking about delivering malaria or potentially immunizing or toxic agents and anything else. And then in five years before that, they were wondering whether we could even do this. Bring this into 2018, which, by the way, is the same year that these are drones are dropping mosquitoes from above. And you have Bill and Melinda Gates giving four million dollars to help scientists engineer a malaria killing mosquito. All these overlaps. Here is Whitney's article, Eco-Genocide and the Genetically Engineered Mosquito Army. This is Oxitech specifically. That's what they're talking about here. Frankenbite, the proposition has been made and written set twice before, once in 2016, when Oxitech applied for an investigational new animal drug with the FDA using these mosquitoes. You're right. This is very, very I mean, it's, it's weird how these things can be so public and yet disregarded all the same by people that don't want to see it. Here is The Scientist from 2020. 750 million GM mosquitoes will be released in the Florida Keys. Now, these are released in different ways, but a lot of these are utilizing the drone release system. The strain of GM mosquitoes known as OX5138, it's what we were just talking about. Right there, OX513A, that's the strain. I love how it's a strain too, right? Same kind of concept we're talking about here, guys. And, it, and created by UK-based biotech firm Oxitech being funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Here is their funding on their, on their grants page for Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for specifically malaria. What do you know? Now, here's one from 2022. Still going. EPA okays another plan. This has happened more than twice, by the way, many times all over the country, to release 2.4 million more genetically modified mosquitoes. Following Oxitec's release in 2021, also 2018, I guess they just left that one out, release of 144,000 mosquitoes in the Florida Keys, the EPA approved an expanded plan that added even California to that mix. It's been ongoing, guys. Here is science.org. A genetically engineered parasite vaccine provides protection from controlled human malaria infection. All these malaria overlaps with the whole conversation. This one is from Bill Gates announces $168 million to develop next-generation malaria vaccines. So to, funds the release of, of mosquitoes that are supposed to stop malaria using the same system that seems to be able to be dual-use technology, and then also goes on to fund the vaccines to stop malaria. Of course, it could just be big coincidence. Right. Novavax, of all places, partners with Gates Foundation offshoot to efforts in efforts to develop malaria shots. June 5th, 2023. Here's June 26th, 2023. Malaria found in U.S. for the first time in 20 years. What a random coincidence. Literally earlier that month. They discussed the idea of efforts to develop malaria shots. And then, boom, just like that, a month later, malaria is found, or at least the media acknowledges it all around the country. And this, of course, is all leading up to the after the fact where they released inject flying vaccinators to stop malaria. Now, look, you could argue that this is something that was designed and they made this happen or they put this out and it was just kind of a clumsy mistake. Maybe they were using the technology we discussed and maybe that's why it's dual use and it went awry or I mean, on and on and on. There's always something we should ask. But the overall point is that you just can't miss how clear this connection and everybody's made this point. It's really ridiculous. Now, Texas Lindsay has done a whole thread on a lot of this stuff. And here's, I'll just end with this uh, 
picture here, or from her thread anyway. Make sure you check out her thread as well as her work. But just showing you that, that, that uh, just three weeks ago, and this was June 27th, the Gates Foundation dropped this podcast, Make Me Care About Malaria. Weird focus, weird timing, right? This goes all the way back to 2010 again. Researchers turn mosquitoes into flying vaccinators. This topic alone is called misinformation if you just bring it up in the wrong circles. 2010, flying vaccinator, the study itself. A transgenic mosquito not is possible, but delivers a vaccine after blood feeding. 2010. So why is it so easy for people to dismiss the possibility that this might have already been used or might be used next when they've already told you that it works? And then four years later, the guy literally develops the system that can deploy these things or something else. Find that hard to miss. Now, let's overlap this with something else, by the way. Mosquitoes are one discussion, but let's not forget the idea that this provable, undeniably provable, watch the episode here, or True Stream Media did a great post about, it's in this, about Plum Island, that they weaponized ticks. That's what this image is from right here. They weaponized ticks to deliver biological or chemical weapons. And in this case, was specifically biological delivery systems for things like Lyme disease. It's very clear. So you could look this stuff up and prove it, and yet people dismiss this stuff. And I mean, like, from their own documents. Maybe Laura Loomer will break it tomorrow. The point is that this is a discussion about how these things can be used, and we also have the discussion from, uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, one of these bioethicists or people that were discussing in the World Economic Forum, that we can make vaccines to stop meat eating. Weird timing when suddenly these ticks 500,000 plus people are suddenly allergic to meat because of the tick bite, the Lone Star tick. Well, was that a deployed effort? Was it an accident? I mean, we need to ask these larger questions when we know that these things are deployable, usable. I quite frankly know that these things are in effect because of the fact that they exist. And I find it impossible that the government would not utilize these things overseas or against you. And I say that because that's my, that's my opinion, obviously. But I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming. Now, this, I'll include this thread that I just put out about dual-use technology and overlapping with the mRNA platform technology, where we just, this was the show we just covered uh, yesterday, or was it the uh, day before yesterday, in regard to, I don't think I have time, I forget now. The mRNA platform is dangerous dual-use technology, and the idea of self-spreading mRNA and using nanotechnology to alter our species. All of this stuff is very real, open, discussed conversations. But this is a team of researchers who have used lipid nanoparticles loaded with mRNA, that's the platform structure, and, and used it to selectively trigger cell death. Or, alternatively, stop a bad thing from happening. That's dual-use technology. It's, very, it's an important study for you to read. So my point in all of this is that any of these things could be used one way or the other. And we've talked about this for so long. We just can't be afraid to engage with these conversations because I truly believe that some of this stuff is actually real and used. Make sure you watch the show so you can understand the deeper part of that. But this brings us over to the final part of the show today, which I think is really important. Now, this and again, this this could come to the idea that these things are used to scare you into position of allowing this kind of action or the very use of or the very justification that these things are needed based on the emergency that is created. Either way. What we're being driven into is a lack of choice, whether it's medical choice, whether it's choice about your, what your children are allowed to do or what they dress like or what they can say, anything, or your, what you're allowed to do that day, where you can work, what you can think, what you can post on social media. All of this is rapidly escalating 
while these very same people swear an oath to the Constitution. It's, it's disgusting. It's repugnant. These people should be laughed at, and many of them are. But the problem is they've got power. They're not leaders by any stretch of the imagination, but they have authority because they were put in that position. We love to pretend they're elected, but we should, that's a different conversation for another day. But this latter part of the show today is going to be about the idea of constitutional rights and why that is so very important. Talking about the 9-11 anniversary and whether or not these things might be used to drive us into another position of uncertainty, of, of fear, to justify the next step, to push us into the biosecurity state. Now, first, we'll play this clip because I really am just absolutely blown away by the fact that these people can sit there and say something this ridiculous and, and not only have it be, I guess, engaged with honestly by other people as if it might be the, like, you know, the, the might be not in, in, intelligent, but everybody underneath this or a lot of people underneath this conversation, whether it's from my post or others, are actively arguing that she's right. That there are limits on your inalienable rights. It's just, I can't even laugh without saying that. So listen to what she has to say, and then I'm going to go through this and make this as clear as I possibly can, especially coming in to tomorrow's anniversary. Street corner in too many cities in New Mexico, there is someone with a gun sticking out of their waist or their belt. And I'll tell you, if you're, if you're a young person, you're not allowed to have a handgun. I got it, but we won't be able to arrest all of them. So imagine, just in, 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 a, in a perfect world, if this was upheld, it gives all of these police officers the ability to focus on the real criminals. Last follow-up. Yeah. You took but oath. your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception, and that is... If there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. Including her oath? Holy, I mean, think about that. So she just literally did, has made it very clear. Your constitutional rights don't mean anything if I declare an emergency. Not even my oath to that constitution is, it's, there's limits on all this stuff if we say problem. And all that ultimately does is create the obvious justification or obvious intent, uh, uh, motivation to just declare an emergency for anything. Which, by the way, is exactly what we keep telling you has been happening for decades now. I mean, it's gotten obviously more pronounced today, but that's why we suddenly see, oh my God, a, a hurricane, which we've seen over and over and over there, which people, you know, it's coming, prepare. You don't need a government emergency to take action for that, but they do it every single time. You see emergencies in Lahaina, you see emergencies everywhere. I mean, think about the craziest part about this is things like East Palestine or Lahaina, they declare, an, people want, they're like, call declare an emergency, some people anyway. And then they use that emergency to just do what they want anyway. It's almost like that's the, I mean, I don't think there's ever a justifiable point now for these people to declare an emergency. Not because there's not, wouldn't be a logical reason to do so for a, a, a good intentioned authority figure, but because you do, in doing so, it's obviously being used against us every single time because we are in a broken system. Bottom line, regardless of my opinion right there, like just the general point, 
there are no limitations on inalienable rights. And I'm going to go into what this truly means. And this is a this is even weirdly like an unpopular opinion, it seems today. This is why we keep talking about I made this point about about uh, here. I'll even just grab. Oh, I know. I'll probably take me a second to find it. The tweet I, I responded to Elon Musk where he says, I support free speech, but I don't you know, th- this is we don't allow this anti-Semitism or whatever. And the bottom line is it's not about good, bad. You know, it's, it's about just a about the facts. You, if you believe in free speech and feel free to make an argument for why that shouldn't be valid. If you believe in free speech, there are no limitations. You don't get to go free speech, but the point is that free speech implies all of speech, even the bad words, even the things that make you uncomfortable. And you have to be okay with that if you actually believe in free speech. The point, though, and, and look, you could make the argument about fire in a theater and all these things we pretend are some kind of nugget of wisdom. Like, if you really want to be honest about that, the words matter. It's the actions after that. Now, yes, you could make an argument that why you think that makes sense. There's logic to it because you saying that caused them to panic, which they acted irrationally, and that hurt people. Now, look, there's an honest debate to be had there. Do you think they should be held accountable for that or not? Do you think free speech is more important than the people's reaction to that? Again, I get why there's a logical argument there. But if you really want to come out and be honest about these things, come out and say, I believe in limited speech. Not I believe in free speech, but here's my limits. That's just ridiculous. We should be laughed. You should be laughed at for that. That's contradictory. The problem is, is they all know that they don't want to say that because then you get pointed at as somebody who no longer believes in the Constitution. And they know that the Constitution is what they pretend gives them power over you. And a lot of people believe that. As well as the fact that they have to swear to it to make the people that believe in it think that they're real. The point is, it's all we're lied to about all of this stuff. So we're going to go through this and make it very, very clear why this stuff is important. The idea that she even can not only say that these things under emergency don't matter, but that her oath no longer matters or that there are limits to it. It's only going to justify more emergencies over and over and over, which, by the way, is ultimately what just happened. Where was it? Alex pointed this out. Don't worry, it's just a temporary gun ban. Open and concealed carry laws suspended in Albuquerque for 30 days. Based on what? Based on what? An emergency? Right? She's declared a gun violence, a public health emergency. You see how dumb that is? Oh, so just you know, so you see something you disagree with, so you just go, oh, that's uh, an emergency for public health. Why? Because it's breaking the law? No, no, it's constitutional. Well, you just disagree with it. So you used the declaration of an emergency to supersede what you think is your allowance of the Constitution. That's ridiculous. You even came out and made that clear, and then the next day did this. That's crazy, or that day did this. I, the people are flouting. They are, fla- right, they are taunting you with this, is how it feels. So let's make this very clear. One of the most important rulings in all of this, which just simply enshrined the reality, was the Supreme Court ruling of Marbury versus Madison. Now, you could read through this so you understand the full picture of all of this. The bottom line, the decision of the Supreme Court, of this Supreme Court case, established the right of the courts to determine the constitutionality of the actions of the other two branches of government, which is how that's ultimately the point of the Supreme Court. But the ruling was simple In, in its truncated version a law repugnant to the constitution is void now understand that 
That's very simple. Now, we, we, live in the, we operate in this precedent-based system, right? So the bottom line is this ruling is supposed to hold precedent going forward. Now, the reality of this, which is so important, as I've said many times, just because a law is passed does not make it legal. That may sound confusing, but it's not. Just because legislation is passed makes it easier to hear doesn't make it constitutional. The bottom line is, if it's repugnant to the Constitution, it's void, whether or not all of your corrupt politicians pretend that it makes sense. That's how we have to understand that. That's how far away we've gotten from this. That's why we talk about these, the, the changing of things like the Second Amendment or uh, all these conver- or the fact that it's interesting how at the same time they want to pretend like having an abortion is a constitutional right, that they want to defend to death, but they're willing to alter the rest of them, even though that one isn't a constitutional right. They're just bastardizing this all over the place. So first of all, first and foremost, understand that. If a law is repugnant to the Constitution, it is void. And in, ge- in general, Rob, uh, Rob's nature points something out on the oath of New Mexico. Oh, I think I said Arizona, didn't I? I? Sorry about that. I think I said Arizona today, earlier in the show, New Mexico. The Constitution of the State of New Mexico, Article 10, Section 1, reads, quote, and it's pretty much the same anywhere, the, the every person elected or appointed to any office shall, before entering upon his duties, take and subscribe to an oath or affirmation that he will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution and laws of this state, and that he will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of his office to the best of his ability. So you can't just be like, except when I declare an emergency. That's how they're circumventing all this, at least in the minds of people that buy it. See, a lot, this is the kind of statements that we're getting. First of all, this person agrees and says the Second Amendment does not grant... Uh, oh, this one's not right. The Oh, yeah, it says the Second Amendment does not grant U.S. the right to bear arms, or us. The Second Amendment denies the government the authority to infringe upon our right to bear arms. That's, this is the, 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 peop, the way people misunderstand these things. They don't grant you rights. The Constitution does not give you rights. It outlines your inalienable, God-given rights. That was the whole point. When this was executed, it was written down. The argument, the point was, these are rights that everybody has, whether or not we ever wrote this down. This person says, like like most rights, the Second Amendment right is not unlimited. Now, this is is the kind of thing that frustrates me. This is a statement, by the way. This is not not a, a legislation that was passed or some kind of Supreme Court ruling. The point is that they're basically just saying that it is not the right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever in any manner. Well, first of all, the more that you try to d- d- get into the nuance of all of this is where you pre- it, it's as simple as it is as it could get. And this is where I want to get into what these things actually say. The point is you have the right to bear arms. Now you can try to get into the definition of what that means and you could even try to pass legislation that amends the constitution to make it clear about what those arms may be. See my saying that that doesn't contradict anything. That just simply and that's what the bill of rights ultimately was is adding more definition, more, and there are amendments, but none of those amendments contradict the Constitution. So first of all, we have the Constitution of the United States, which you should read. It's important to understand this stuff. Okay? Now, people, most people don't even know this, which blows me away. The Bill of Rights, this is just on the Bill of Rights Institute, the Bill of Rights are simply the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. So we call it something separate because it was done in a separate time frame and it was it was a big moment. So the Bill of Rights kind of holds a special place, but it's really the Constitution. There are amendments to the Constitution right now, even at this point in time, had one of these amendments contradicted the Constitution, which they wouldn't allow at that point because they still understood what this was about. 
it would have been arguably void, according to the later ruling. But the point being is this is how they understood it then. So the Bill of Rights is an important thing to understand. So let's go through these. For some of this, this may be redundant and tiresome. I apologize. It's important for the average person to know this that maybe doesn't, especially today with a lot of the younger audience that doesn't even really understand what these things mean. So again, these Bill of Rights are the amendments to the Constitution that were later added. Now, none of these, not a single one of these things are contradictory to the actual Constitution. That's why they're not void. If you were to try to pass a law and even got it passed that says you aren't allowed to own a gun, that would be repugnant and void to the Constitution. Therefore, according to our precedent-based system in the Supreme Court, it would be void and you would not have to follow it. But of course, realize those people will still use force to make you follow it. And therein lies the, con- the, the, the dilemma, right? Force. Authoritarians that don't care about the Constitution but pretend they do. So let me go through these so you can understand what this means. First Amendment. A lot of people know these things, but to hear a lot of the, the fuller picture of it, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibition of free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech That's part and press. That's part most people remember. Or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So the, the first part's important. Right out of the gate, guys, the, one of the first amendment to all of this, they want to make it very clear that Congress cannot pass a law respecting an establishment of religion or all of those things going forward. So what they're saying is you can't pass a law that removes your right of free speech or removes your or limits, by the way, your right to freedom of assembly or freedom of the press. You see what? It's very clear. Now, they will try. Oh, well, you can't say those things at this time and only in this location. No, they're violating the Constitution, and they know that. But those are important. Those are the first thing. Second Amendment, obvious. We all know what that is. That one's very simple. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. All one sentence. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not has limitations when there's an emergency. Those, that doesn't apply. These are current, it, 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 um, current attempts by the power structure to create justification for why these things no longer matter because they know that these things are important. I don't mean important because you may believe in them or not, but because they actually have a way for the individual person to at least attempt to hold them accountable or hold them in, to control their actions as they should because arguably they're supposed to be the living embodiment of the people's will. That's what we are told anyway. It's not the truth today. But this, they, if they can effectively remove these things, it's that much easier. Let's put it that way. But a well-regulated militia, I don't see the word hunting anywhere in there. People are so willfully ignorant about this stuff. The Third Amendment. <clears throat> no soldier shall, in a time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So interesting, different time, obviously, but the idea simple, still being important. And I honestly take that as any context, whether, you know, a soldier is pretty specific, but I understand that my mindset would be authority, right? That's why I would read this in a time of peace, be quartered in any home without the consent of the owner. So you have, and there's other aspects of the, even the Bill of Rights specifically that talk about your right to unlawful search and seizure, which we'll get into next. The idea really that this is a kind of a, it was clearly set out to protect you from an overbearing government because they were they were fleeing from this concept, right? And it's just so important to understand. And that's literally what is being driven in front of us right now. And that's why they're trying to get past this stuff. 
I mean, this is the same idea. Like you can even overlap this with the idea of Lahaina or other circumstances where they are, they're not at war. And yet the idea is they're, they're and it's, even things like eminent domain, like I, these things are unconstitutional. Literally, the Bureau of Land Management is unconstitutional in, in its entirety. The federal government should not own these things. But that's how far away we are from these things. This is why they're, even people today that are intelligent people make argue, oh, this is archaic. Well, you only think it's archaic because we've allowed the government to get so far away from this stuff. And we act like what they're doing is somehow necessary because they tell us it is. Look, I'm not going to say by removing some of these things that might not cause some discomfort or some hardship, but isn't that more important to be back in a place where we can actually hold the government accountable than most people today? Probably not. The right, this is the, the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. You see, the point is that gets violated all the time because of X, Y, and Z. That's unconstitutional. Shall not be violated does not mean, but except when this circumstance, which is what happens, right? You just have to be absolute about these things. And no warrant, sh- no warrant sh- is sh- shall issue but upon proper clause supported by the oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things seized. There needs to be process, right? But that still doesn't even happen. Half the time there's these no knock, like they don't even have no, they have no knock kind of situations. And half the time they don't even deploy the show, the warrant and half the time they don't even have one. I, the free thought project used to do this all the time. I think they still do showing that they're doing these things. Fifth amendment. And again, recognize none of these contradict the original Constitution. That's the important part. Number Fifth Amendment, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentation or indictment of a grand jury. Meaning that, you know, in this case, being like you can't be charged with something like murder without having a, a grand jury. Can't just be a quick in and out kind of small thing. And it says same offense to be put and This is where you get double jeopardy. The idea that you can't be charged twice in a row for the same crime in hopes that you get a different outcome. Compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. That's the thing we all know. I played the fifth. So you can't be forced to essentially prove that you're guilty. Nor shall property, private property be taken for public use. Aha, again, overlap with Lahaina or he's Palestine or any number of things without just compensation. So I hate that just to be clear, because they could somehow argue that they're justly compensating you based on the current value, and it's just a way that they manipulate. But you'd have to argue by word that that would apply, but no private property should be taken for public use without just compensation. And then it says on on Amendment, Sixth Amendment, enjoy the right to a speedier public trial, which is so ridiculously not a reality today. I mean, everywhere you look, these things are stretched out for the longest periods of time, especially when it's something that they don't, you know, when it's something they want to show you quick, you know, Johnny Depp and bing, bang, boom, we got a whole thing on Netflix already. But, you know, for you, it'll take you seven years. Ask Julian Assange how that works out or anybody else. Well, a little bit of a different example, not exactly only in the U.S., but you get the point. It happens all the time. Impartial jury, eh, it's debatable. And people don't know about jury nullification or any number of things. Or the fact that I believe these things are manipulated, just ask our buddy Donald Best, who's a detective who got put in prison for something he later proved he was innocent of. And it turned out the judge and the attorney and everyone involved were lying and put him and those people went to jail. <laughs> it's a big story. It happened a long time ago, but he's very he proved it. He's vindicated. That happens. And then it says to be confronted with the witness against him, which is the idea being that you have, you know, the person accusing you, you have to see, you, you have the right to see your accuser. And the assistance of counsel, having a lawyer, right? These are where the, all these things come from, guys. We take these things for granted. Seventh Amendment, in suits at common law, 
where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved. So something over 20 bucks, you have the right to have a jury of your peers. And no fact, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. All right, seventh. Or, uh, excuse me, I think I, I say, I say what, where I say I was at. We're at eighth now. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed. Again, provably not true. Nor cruel or unusual punishments inflicted. Well, it depends on how you're talking about that. But I think we can argue that that's violated all over the place. Especially when you give fine, like fines for people like, what, Alex Jones got a billion dollar fine for it's like That's ridiculous. Even though I'm clearly going to point out things about Alex Jones. But the bottom line is, whether you like him or not, that's, that's, that's unconstitutional. Very simple. Nine, the, the uh, enumeration, so the numbering of, in the Constitution, this is interesting, this is one people don't talk about, of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So this is even an interesting point about what we're talking about today, right? So that what they're saying is, before the Constitution, so going to the Constitution itself, or the Bill of Rights in general, the ones before it, the amendments to the Constitution, they're saying the, the, num- the, the enumeration in the Constitution shall not be construed to deny these other rights. So as they try to pretend, like if they, they, you could argue that going forward, that according to the Bill of Rights, you could pass a new law, you, they, you can't use that new legislation to take away your Second Amendment. That's what I t- interpret that to mean. And 10th, the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states respectively respectively or the people meaning same point about the bureau of land management the federal government is a problem that the state's rights aspect is no longer respected that the federal government is completely tyrannical and this is what it was ultimately about the state the, the federal government look i don't believe it has a place to be quite honest but plenty of people have arguments about that but let's just say it's present the only thing it should be doing is upholding the Constitution and making sure that the, the governors and the states themselves are also doing that. This has gotten so far out of control to where, right, the power is not delegated to the point they've taken all the power. States' rights gone, people's rights, they can decide what they want. That's not what that says. We are so we are in a position that is so far past respecting the Constitution, and that is why they are slowly trying to push this away, push it in the background, do everything they can to make it feel archaic and meaningless today. So then you, then you just have to, what, do nothing but take their word for it, which is what they're, that's what they're trying to do right now. So going back to this point from her, the idea that she's somehow saying no constitutional right is absolute is quite literally contradictory to what they outlined in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and have spoken about in their lives after they wrote that down. Right? I mean, you could look at all sorts of conversations, books, statements by all, most of the founders, and they will make these same statements. Now, there's all sorts of conversation about living documents and how these things, but that applies to the idea of amendments that are not contradictory to the con. Why would you allow them to just alter things that they argued were God given? Why would you write a constitution about things that God gave you and then argue that man could just write an amendment to take them away? They quite literally more than once outline how it's exactly the opposite, but yet somehow we can't manage to figure this out today, or rather, people that don't want to. Budding tyrants don't care that this not the reality. They just want to take these things away from you. I love this point. So, by the way, 
I didn't include it. I could have gone off forever about the 80 comments beneath this. Half of these are ridiculous people that are quite literally arguing that everything has limits and you're wrong and you're, you know, it's just, they don't understand the Constitution. They literally don't understand the word of inalienable rights. But this guy puts this so what, um, for the podcast. It shows a guy in a face mask, a face shield with a vaccine ID on his arm reading Germany, 1933, 1945 with a swastika on it, you know, World War II concept. He's reading it in his, in his little thought bubble. It says, how could people allow it to get to that point? Exactly. Same way they're doing it now because people aren't paying attention, right? That's exactly the point. Now, again, she's already used this argument, even though it's unconstitutional, even though this person should literally be arrested, in my opinion, for what they're doing. This is almost treasonous. Has already jumped forward and said, well, we're just going to arguably create an emergency, an emergency based on the idea that we think it's a public health crisis for people to have constitutional rights or have the Second Amendment. Because what they're doing is legal. Just because she doesn't like that people have guns in their hips doesn't mean there is open carry. That's her point. Open carry laws and concealed carry laws were in effect. Nobody was breaking the law. They just didn't like it. That's where we are today, guys. That is a really stark example of how far we've gotten away from what's going from from the Constitution, from your rights. Now, if you don't believe those rights, if you genuinely think that those things are no longer valid, then say that. Right. Come out and say exactly what you think and be honest about where you are, because otherwise you're pretending to believe in the Constitution while trying to remove it. And that makes you a sinister, manipulative person. So under the idea of emergencies, which is what we're talking about, just make you make sure let's refresh. Just in case there was a new one since we've been live, certainly possible. This is what we continue to point out. This is just at the federal level. This doesn't even include the ridiculous public health gun emergency that's happening in, in New Mexico right now. I just can't even believe that. I mean, look, here's a better point, guys. All the people that were screaming they were dumb conspiracy theorists were saying they were coming for your guns. What else do you call this? They're literally going after your Second Amendment, even as they're not breaking the law. So here is the HHS Declarations of Public Emergencies. And even health. That, she said this one was a health emergency. It's right there. Public health emergency about guns. So It's ridiculous. The point is... Public health emergency was a hurricane in Florida, apparently. Or, you might not have seen this, the wildfires in Hawaii. Guess what they wrote down for this? Determination that a public health emergency exists. And the only reason they can say that, by the way, is because they pretend that there's lead and asbestos, even though they haven't proven that. There probably is, but they don't care about that in East Palestine right now. They said this right afterward and declared an emergency based on something they hadn't proven. There's something very criminal going on there, and I think we can all see it. But they say it exists on the state of Hawaii as a result of the continued consequences of wildfires. What are you talking about? A wildfire takes place or something takes place. And ultimately, you pretend that's the continued consequences of wildfires like it's some constant problem. I mean, this is so dishonest. All it does is create the justification to do whatever they want. It's an emergency, right? They learned that from COVID. Everyone took notes. The opioid crisis still, still, apparently still going on. July 7th, reinitiated the same thing. Continued consequences of the opioid. Oh, really? Who, what's happening? What are you doing about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But let's just keep rolling over the emergency because if we need to, we can use that. Here, Guam, apparently. Anybody will explain to me why it's a public health emergency for the United States for a typhoon in Guam? Sure, territory of the United States. It's just so silly. This is ridiculous. Opioid missing. Here's the, here's the last COVID one that they claim they didn't. I mean, even though they pretend they can still use it for 
ongoing tests and different things, just some ongoing never-ending extrapolation of the emergency, which they said they can do as long as they decide. It's just, it, these are unaccountable tech, technocrats, tyrants. Here's a couple of them. From September 7th. Notice on the continuation of the national emergency with respect to certain terrorist attacks. In case you forgot, we've never not been in an emergency after 9-11. That's one of the biggest points here. You may have missed all of that. and all the, the point is that all of this, the governing, they never needed any of the rest of them. Because we have never stopped being in a state of emergency after the 9-11 PSYOP. Wrap your mind around that and think about what that is allowed to happen. And that's why we are here today. And just like Obama and and Trump and now Biden, they all do the same thing from left to right to left to right. They just roll around the same words. But that's not supposed to make sense, right? Aren't they supposed to be different and have different opinions? Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? Consistent with Section 202D of the National Emergencies Act, right? They literally have an entire act about where they can be. This is just giving them free reign to circumvent your rights. I am continuing for one year the national emergency previously declared on September 14th, 2001. Oh, really? For what reason? The war on domestic, the war, rather, exactly, the war of terror? This is why they have to maintain the illusion of things with what they're doing in the Sudan, right? Continuing to cause these problems. They're going to use this, they're going to use all of what's going on in Africa to justify this action. I can promise you. But all this was only meant to apply to things directly connected to 9-11. But they just, they just stretch it out. They don't care. They don't even, nobody holds them accountable for this stuff. Same day, by the way. Notice on the continuation of the national emergency with respect to foreign interference. On the same day, they initiate, they, they reestablish two of ongoing emergencies. We live in a state of emergency governance, guys. That's what this is. And this one, yes, is about the illusion of election interference. All right, I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. Like, I guarantee these things are happening, but the way that this is being used, like they don't know that they're all doing this. Now it says, although there has been no evidence of foreign power altering the outcomes or vote tabulation in any United States election, which is hilarious because they quite literally say the exact opposite when Trump in 2016, foreign powers have historically sought to exploit America's free and open political system. So this is him... bending himself into contorting him into like some mental gymnastics here to argue simultaneously that nothing has ever happened. Our elections are sound, but we need an emergency because they manipulate our elections. Makes sense, right? <laughs> People are so stupid because they have, they need both. They have to maintain that our elections are democracy and free, but bad guy, Russia, China are always trying to steal. Oh, and then also Russia stole the election for Trump. But we but pretend that's not real because we don't want to talk about it when we're trying to sell you on the fact that we're going to win this time. And by the way, guys, you, if you take that as Biden or left versus right, you just haven't been paying attention. It's just, I mean, those things matter, but it's bigger than that. Now it says, though the unauthorized, the, through the unauthorized accessing of election and campaign infrastructure or the covert distribution of propaganda and disinformation continues to pose an annual, or excuse me, an, or I'm thinking they do this every year, an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. Interesting. So the effect of their elections affects their foreign policy. See, foreign policy is the only thing they care about. But the interesting point, didn't you just, okay, look, right here, no evidence that a foreign power has altered the outcomes of tabulation. Okay, but right here you you say the unauthorized accessing of election and campaign infrastructure. Hmm. 
That's stupid because you you're just framing it a different way. So you're saying bad guys from foreign countries are accessing our infrastructure, but up here you say no evidence that they've altered anything. So you're trying to pretend that they have access to our outcomes but haven't decided to change anything. That's I mean that's not even what they're saying. This is this them again working themselves into a pretzel to try to make an argument while they contradict themselves. But overall, don't forget, Russia won for Trump, but no elections ever been altered. Got it? Okay, got it. So going forward, the national emergency declared on September 12th, 2018 must continue in effect beyond September 12th, 2023. Okay, seems pretty arbitrary, but it's because they need to do it every year. I am continuing for one year the national emergency, blah, blah, blah. Foreign interference or undermining our public confidence. So that's all it means. Or undermining our public confidence in U.S. elections. Sorry, guys. That is long since that ship has sailed. So all they're doing is when I make a post and I say, our elections are manipulated. They go, Russia told him to say that. <laughs> therefore, Russian interference. Therefore, continue the emergency. I mean, it's a silly point. Or, you know, that, that's what's happening, though, on a nationwide scale. Are there, are there people being influenced by Russia? Sure, probably. I, I don't doubt it for a second. Are there not people around the world everywhere being influenced by uh, United States intelligence? I, we can prove that. They all do it. But what I'm saying is just because people have a point that challenges what our country's doing does not therefore make it a foreign influence point. It's the same as saying that pointing out what Israel's government is doing makes you a racist. It's just, it's a childish point that it's assumptive, really. They're assuming that, or really it's in their benefit to make you look like that. But it's like people out there saying, oh, look, Ryan interviewed Vanessa Bealey, therefore he's a Russian shill. It's like, you guys are so childish. I mean, even, even if you think that that is what the reality is, you don't have any evidence to back it up. And so you're saying it based on your opinion. Or the reality is Vanessa Bailey is an amazing journalist who very clearly understands the larger dynamics. And you may think that she's more friendly to Russia than the United States. But you know what? The reality of the information that we can show on the table today is pretty easy to understand. I see all of these governments as problems, all of them. But if you think for one second that the, there is any other example of a government that is marching around the world, invading countries, stealing resources, and murdering people on a daily basis, you're blind. Or you're lying to yourself, really, because there isn't an example of that anywhere else the size of what the U.S. government is doing. That's a basic reality. If you think that's pro-anything other than the truth, you're, you're a child. Undermining confidence in state elections. Oh, here's a fun one, by the way. September 7th. All on the same day. Notice on the continuation of the respective national emergency with Ethiopia. Oh, that's interesting. Is Ethiopia a, U Ethiopia a U.S. territory? No, no, okay. Let's, let's find out what it says. Maybe there's a reason. September 7th, 17th, excuse me. On September 17th, 2021, this executive order, he declared a national emergency pursuant to the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. Oh, I see. They established an act that allows them to declare a national emergency for the United States because of a foreign country. That makes sense? It shouldn't. To deal with the unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. So there's how they play the game. Just because they've in shoehorned in foreign policy as a contingent on national security, therefore, anything in the world that they don't like, they can declare a national emergency for you, which gives them power over your life because Ethiopia. Make sense? It really shouldn't, guys, because this is out of control. Now, to finish, I think this is really important to understand. A lot of different ways this stuff is escalated. This is just a brief 
step into the great reset direction of all this, all of which is being used or rather allowed to take place because we're in a COVID emergency or we're in an election emergency or we are in a gun emergency. We are in an Ethiopian emergency. doesn't matter. It's being rushing forward without basically any pushback because too many people are afraid to say anything because they'll be called a conspiracy theorist. Too many people are afraid to say anything because they don't even see it happening. So many people don't even think this is real. But yes, it's coming, guys. The digital infrastructure, your digital IDs, your vaccine passports, your CBDCs. It's a, it's, it, they're literally weaving the rope together that's about to hang you. It's happening right now. Spiro points this out. G20 Summit. World Bank report proposes tech-driven financial inclusion. What does that mean? Digital public infrastructure. Digital IDs. Why they call it inclusion. Digital slavery. And I also pointed out, well, Derek wrote this uh, in, uh, I think this was 2021. The New York, the NYU School of Law warns the digital ID is, quote, paving a digital road to hell. <laughs> that is literally a post by the NYU School of Law saying that what they're doing is paving a road to digital hell. And yet it, nothing changes. How is that possible? Because these people don't care about the truth. They don't care about experts. They care about the agenda. They have some level of honesty at the New York, NYU School of Law. And they were able to come out and say, this is crazy. You're allowing us to be paved into our own slavery. And they don't go fake news. They just don't even point at it. And all the intelligent people that do read what they say and just are too afraid to speak up or, or I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Everything you, it's it, all the evidence from the COVID stuff. It's all very clear that we are being lied to. We're being driven into control even plenty of people on their side, whatever that means, are telling you that. And yet we're all conspiracy theorists, right? Well, here's a video he put out that explains this. Everyone, I'm Spiro with breaking news. The G20 just officially announced they are launching a plan for a global framework for digital currencies and digital IDs. Watch. Laying the building blocks for a globally coordinated and comprehensive policy and regulatory framework for crypto assets. The global push for clearer policies on crypto assets has gained momentum under the Indian presidency and a global consensus is emerging on the same. The presidency will support the IMF and the FSB in, and FSB is also setting the contours of the regulatory framework for a globally coordinated approach to crypto assets. So the presidency, with the support of IMF and the FSB, is setting these contours. The IMF and FSB synthesis paper, about which I've spoken to the media earlier, including a roadmap. On that, I just want to give my observation. This synthesis paper delves into how the policy and regulatory frameworks developed by the IMF and the FSB alongside the other standard-setting bodies will fit together and interact with each other. This paper is now available in the public domain for all of you all to see. Now, crypto was initially portrayed as a way to decouple from the central banks and to provide a layer of anonymity, just like using cash, right? But that's not what this is at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This is about the rollout of central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs. Now, the central banks have been working on this for quite a long time, and they have been partnering with governments and private corporations to usher this in. It kind of sounds like fascism, right? 
But what does it mean? Well, we've already witnessed how the central banks have been using a debt-based system to essentially enslave entire nations, and soon they'll have the ability to monitor, regulate, and tax you into submission in every way imaginable. And before you know it, you'll be eating bugs and driving electric cars. Or at least that's their plan if they get their way. Another example, didn't get your latest booster shot? Sorry, your account's been restricted until you comply. And at this point, we can start to see how the climate lockdowns don't seem too far-fetched after all. Because we are witnessing the foundation of the social credit system being rolled out right now before our eyes. And if this sounds extreme, it's because it is. Just like the lockdowns and mandates that we just went through were extreme. And this agenda will maximize compliance on the next go-around. Now, what the social engineers are rolling out is called a digital panopticon, or a digital prison. This is where the digital IDs come into play. The third one which I'd like to draw your attention to is the financial inclusion and productivity gains through digital public infrastructure. India, as you all are aware, through the India stack, became the first country to develop all three foundational DPIs the digital identity, the real-time fast payment, and a platform to safely share personal data without compromising privacy. So embedded this concept in the G20 financial inclusion agenda by formulating G20 policy recommendations for advancing financial inclusion and productivity gains through digital public infrastructure. The fact they're announcing it now means they're about ready to roll it out. And once we go down this road, I'm not sure we can come back. The G20 announcement also coincides with what I believe Elon Musk has planned for X, as they have recently announced they've obtained approval for payments, including cryptocurrencies, and will begin to collect users, biometric data, and other personal information this month. Kind of sounds like compliance with the global digital ID agenda that was just announced at the G20, but that's just my opinion, right? Maybe, maybe not. I hate to say it, folks, but it looks like the conspiracy theorists were right again. We warned that the measures used during COVID-1984 would be used to erect a new and improved, all-encompassing digital surveillance and police state, the likes of which humanity has never seen. And here it is. It's disguised as a solution, as progress, as inclusion, so no one's left behind. Because at the end of the day, we will all be slaves under this new system of control. Very concerning. <clears throat> I think we all see it coming. I mean, it's, it's, it's laid out and clear. I mean, there, I mean, I don't even know how many plans I've seen anymore now. I mean, we used to talk about like the block step and these different, but I mean, they're openly telling you this is the direction. It's not, it's not something that can be disregarded as fake because they're telling you they're rolling it out. They're even giving you the justification for why it's necessary. So the people that are still trying to pretend like this isn't happening, I mean, these, this is, they, are, they must be terrified. I mean, you're, you're, you're plugging your ears and stomping your feet and ignoring what's happening to the world right now. It's terrifying, but it's all coming out in real time. James Melville points out a real example of this already happening. The UK government has passed an energy bill. This is what we already warned was going to begin. That risks fining or imprisoning property owners, not big companies, you as an individual, if you own property in this case, but it's, it's, it's an escalating scale. Eventually, it's going to become everybody. And they're very clear about this. Finding or imprisoning property owners who fail to meet net zero energy targets. 
Now, right now, maybe it's you know it's a money money fine, but what happens if it's some kind of restriction? Right? You get shut off of the WeChat everything app that allows you to pay your bills or whatever else happens tomorrow. This is real. I mean, it's, the link's right here. You can read it for yourself. It's very, very obvious what's happening. So if you so they said, and this is, look, you have to understand, this is a broad and constantly nebulous changing concept. Net zero energy targets. So tomorrow they can come out and say, we just realized we need to up this or change that. And suddenly if you don't meet those targets, you'll get fined or you get your energy turned off or you get your social or you get your social ID, your, your digital ID canceled or whatever we're talking about for the future. This is not secret. It's not conspiracy theory. They're telling you it's coming. In fact, they're already doing it. You don't meet their targets. You get shut down. You get your, your social credit score gets, tur- gets turned down. You get your, your, your carbon is too high. Like, that's what they're talking about. And here, guys, is the kind of things that we're already seeing happen. And I sadly have to point out this is happening now, right? This is what's happening already. And as inversionism points out, this is what a broken spirit looks like in a kid. This is really sad, actually. So, again, remembering the, this post from earlier where Biden is admitting that you know, rather than, him, you know, that he doesn't care about the mass. And we all should know by now that the science is undeniably clear. The body of evidence shows they don't have, never have been statistically significant in reducing transmission. It doesn't happen in this case. That what's sad is that we're in a, in, a, in a time where these things are being reforced back on these kids. And that this is what it looks like to live in a society that's run by tyrants and then the sycophant people that don't either don't know better or are blindly following them because they're scared, or because they want to be in control over you, which is happening in a lot of different ways, this is where it's all leading, unless we do something about it. I don't mean violence. Two, three. I wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi, ho, the Dario. I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. It helps to keep me safe. Hi ho the Dario, it helps to keep me safe. It keeps my friends safe. It keeps my friends safe. Hi ho the Dario, it keeps my friends safe. And let me see a hooray! Put your hands up in the air! My God. I mean, even she knows they're not singing. I mean, it's even, the, even the terrible song, I mean, you didn't even, you, anyway... Just, it doesn't even make sense. Like it's a, it doesn't even rhyme. It's just ridiculous. You're, that is indoctrination. Say it with me. Your mask is what you need. Your mask, but that's what that's what that is. And these kids are not having it. That clearly. I mean, but think about how hard that is. And you are just indoctrinating and blinding. And here's another small example. I mean, it's not that small, really, but it just shows you what's the continuing effort to remove things that might be able to stop you from being influenced by whatever they do next. Berkey water filters apparently now suing the EPA. Do you know why? Because they, they randomly recategorize what they're doing as pesticides. It's a real story. I guess it has something to do with the silver particles that very clearly are used, in the, but apparently no, they're pesticides now. So they can't sell without, basically it makes it impossible for the company to continue what they were already doing. And you know what's already happened to that? Right now, if you go to buy one, they're all unavailable. I, I just in, This is a great interview. It's about 11 minutes where, where they're talking with the guy. But So we don't care about dioxins and PFAS, but we're worried about you using the wrong kind of filter. Or rather, we'll just pretend that it's a pesticide so you don't have access to one of the most usable, accessible filters for the most, for average people. (laughs) 
I mean, it's just disgusting how much they choose to ignore while they attack the things that are helping people. How else do we see this? It's, it's kind of terrifying, guys, but we need to realize that we can make a difference, that we can do something different. We just have to have the courage to stand up and speak your mind. And, of course, the election coming up, guys, that's where we can make all the difference. No, of course not. That's not what I'll ever tell you. The election is one more way we're going to manipulate people into thinking that they've made a difference, into thinking that they can change the world based on checking a box every four years. Or maybe every two years if you're especially politically active. No, those things make zero difference on the outcome, and we can see that over years, over and over. And let, the ending point today is to show you this exact absurd, the absurdity of not only how the elections themselves are used to push foreign policy agendas or how the narratives are used to scare you back into place, but how the actual, I mean, the, the outcomes of these things, the illusion that they are in general, are used by them to solidify their power over you and act like what they're doing is acting with your will. The largest voting block in this country are people that don't take part in the elections. The largest block within the people that vote are people that register as independent. And yet every year, they pretend like everybody came out and then only left and right. And we all somehow pretend that that means we have a democracy. Even then, we shouldn't be asking for democracy. We shouldn't want mob rule. We should want the republic that was originally designed. But see, we've been so far removed from the reality of what this was that we still pretend like when they hand you something, that that's freedom. When they give you your doled out food stamps or whatever else, when I, I, you know, I didn't mean that in the sense of like a welfare thing. I'm thinking of the sense of where this is going, right? Here are your food tablets. Here's what you get today. Here's what you're allowed to say online. We pretend, oh, thank you for our freedoms today, government. People that think like that have lost touch with what this country once stood for. Or, you know, I've made arguments in the past. Maybe it never did. Either way, the point is that it made it, it's something that means something to me. The idea of what the Constitution is has resonated with people like me. And what, I don't think it's perfect, but I do believe it can make a difference. And I believe that if we believe in it, and that's why they're scared of it, that we can make a difference. So ending today, we're already seeing the, the beginnings of this kind of illusion. Maybe this is the cyber pan, polygon, cyber pandemic overlap that we've been predicting, that they told you was coming. Or maybe it's just another way to act like we have to repress, you know, remove your rights and stop you from saying anything online to the guys that were stopping bad guy Chinese hackers or Russian influencers or whatever it is to justify more suppression of your inalienable rights. Microsoft says compromise of its engineer's account led to Chinese hack of U.S. officials. Oh, so now I guess we can pretend that when that U.S. official says something he didn't, that no, that was China. They hacked me. We can't prove it, though, or whatever. And nothing means everything. Not everything means nothing. That's where we are today. The point is, this is just undermining the, what we're doing. It's all being attacked in China. Oh, and when, when it's over, somebody's going to say China manipulated it. That's why. Or Russia did. They do it every single time. And, of course, Whitney, always in the point. First of all, CNN says, suspect this, by the way, this is the next step, right? So this one is from the 6th. The day later, suspected Chinese operatives have now used images made by AI. Oh, look how it all overlaps, right? Deep fakes and AI, I've told you this stuff was coming, to mimic American voters online in an attempt to spread disinformation and provoke discussion on divisive political issues. Oh, God forbid we should provoke discussion about divisive issues. Oh, no. I mean, how hilarious is that? The bottom line is they're telling you the Chinese, China is pretending to be people online. Well, you know who also is doing that? The ADL, Israel, the United States, France, Britain, Russia, China, all of them. I mean, it's just kind of dumb that we pretend like, like the point is, guys, that this is happening. 
And there's actually ways that they could effectively, I mean, look, I don't even want to get into that mire about whether you could electronically, but the point is that they, this does not, no matter how much you think this is a concern, give them the right to suppress your speech. Just because they say you say something that might align with what they think the Chinese government might want you to say. It's ridiculous. And she goes, the big tech NatSec blob that runs America is so ridiculously uncreative. It's astounding. Say, it's, I keep saying that. Play one, two, and three. Right? Oh, we're invading a country. Oh, look, they shot protesters. Now we have to go in to protect them. Oh, look, they just used chemical weapons on their back. Oh, we have to go in to stop them again. It's over and over and over. And some variation therein is what they do. Play one, two, and three. It seems like all they got. Now I'm going to finish in general with where I think, well, actually, there's a couple points in here I want to point out. But we also have the QAnon angle to all of this, which is interesting to me, which I don't think is done, to be quite honest. I, I'm actually really surprised. that This is from September 7th. This person, this person, uh, Karma, who has 74.8 thousand followers, says, hmm, interesting. And I, I follow them as well. There's lots of stuff that pop up. I, I follow a lot of random people, by the way, but has anyone else heard of this maybe happening? No, I'm not trying to call out Karma. People can post things and ask questions, but the kind of people I get concerned about is the ones that are sharing this kind of stuff as if this is absolute. As if we, and we know this has been ongoing throughout the, the Q anon, the Q era. Which, by the way, it's interesting. I heard someone say that QAnon is the, the fake version. Like, okay, I've been following this since the moment it became QAnon away from the white rabbit. And that's what it was called, even within the inner circle. So this weird changing of the narrative where it shifted, it's just kind of funny how now we know nothing. You don't know anything. And I'm the, it's just so funny how the evolution of who's in the know. We've been following this since the very beginning, long before people were, back when it was the helicopters crashing and the Marines that were rescued and that one weird lady that said she had all these inside sources that just vanished who clearly didn't, and she made up a lot of things that were probably wrong. That's kind of the beginnings of all of this. But this person is now stepping up and saying it's going to happen again. Apparently this month. See, and this overlaps with me, to, uh, for me, with this kind of original, uh, oh, I closed it already, with that opening conversation about the WHO and September 13th, or rather the World Economic Forum and the next pandemic. There's all these predictions. Probably That's probably where this stems from. And some Q person probably made a fake screenshot to sell what they think is going to happen, which has happened a thousand times before, and then they don't happen. Who knows? Maybe. I've never dismissed these things, but I've always said they don't have evidence, which typically turns out not to be the reality. Big surprise is that ultimately the this month kind of prediction. It's kind of sometime this month. What they're saying is that these people around the world, multi-governments, around the world are going to step up and shut down all of the world's financial and bad guy entities and roll out the new good guy government, I guess. Oh, but don't forget, all of the, the new technologies they want us to use are also going to come out. So get that. Q is pushing the Great Reset. What do you know? As I said, so it's... Oh, here, let's, let's do it first. Now, look, I, I shouldn't be dismissive. Anything's possible, guys. Who knows? But what I can tell you is that all of it hinges on this guy's inside source that all seems to stem from the same QAnon discussion that has been wrong far more times than it's been right. And of course, the people that disagree with that are the ones that will say, look at the code and it said blue and then it said number five. And if you connect these things in minus five, it adds up to what we think it is. And it's like, that's sort of like numerology, which also doesn't seem to make much sense to me. Either way, you can make things into what you want them to be is you, if you float a bunch of nonsensical things and look back five years ago, and that's what they meant. How it goes. Either way, listen for yourself. Morning, TikTokers, September 6, 2023. To my patriot allies out there, uh, it's official by the military 
U.S. military and the alliance around the world that all government agencies such as tax departments and other levels of, uh, of uh, uh, government will and are being shut down as of now. The emergency transmission warning is going to be coming out shortly uh, within this month. Uh, President Trump is going to be tweeting, My fellow citizens, a storm is uh, brewing and will be unleashing global martial law upon us. Jasara and Nasara will be activated. Why would anybody want that? You see my point? Like, so the idea, so it's the, the, the good martial law. Okay, great. So if Biden did it, it would be a big problem. But Trump tells you it's going to happen through some secondary faction. And that's supposed to be positive. Well, because they believe in Trump. You see how ridiculous? I mean, how do you not know that he, just because you've been convinced he's the guy on your side, I just think that's incredible to me. It's the same thing I said about Obama before, is that he could blink and you'd scream martial law, but Trump comes in and goes, martial law for good reasons, and they go, freedom. I mean, it's just the same reason those people supported Guantanamo suddenly because Trump said we're going to put the guys you don't like there. It's just as ridiculous. Guantanamo is a, a lawless place the government puts a black site that we happen to know about. There's plenty of them. But it's just, it kind of blows me away. So they're, they're telling you that Trump's going to, so Trump's involved. This is where it stems back to. He's going to tweet it out soon, which I get, my gut will tell me this won't happen, or something minor will happen, and they'll tell you that's what he meant, proves him right, even though it's not even remotely what he said would happen. That's happened with Q 15 times over. But I don't, it's, there's nothing but statements, and people are going to use this to act on. And this, guys, is not, this is my point. This is not the conspiracy theorists they're pretending are the problem today. This is a government operation. And we've proven that many times over. Even the FBI connections have been showing all this. That they are driving people in. What they're doing with this is trying to create, create the very right-wing extremists they pretend they're fighting. And most of them seem like they don't buy it anymore. But there's a lot of them that might get radicalized into taking action that will then be used to justify the war on domestic terror. That's what this is to me. The military will remove all controlled governments run by the cabals. It all seems like he's reading something, by the way. It looks probably right from a Q post on 4chan. But the point is that, so why are we okay with an, a unilateral action that, take, that removes governments all around the world? What about, what about their sovereignty? How do we know they're not wrong? I, this is just a, a blindly naive trust of who you think are the good guys because you've been involved in some thread that tells you that you're on the right path like it's more it's more about like giving people vindication for thinking they're discovering what's happening and maybe you're right i've said that from the beginning but how many times have they been proven wrong this kind of scares me guys people actually believe in this stuff had a lot of shares and simultaneously arrest 500k or 500,000 sealed indictments that has that was started 2017 and is wrapping up now He's reading from the thing. Well, it's funny, though, is that remember when that was like 10 civil indictments, then it was 100, then it was 5,000, then it was 100, and it's just like, it's just gotten more and more, and I guess that might make sense if you believe that it's continued to build, but it's just, there were even people, like I think people like the Laura Loomer types in the past that have said, we've got the evidence, here's all the civil indictments that turned out to not be the truth, and they just drifted away from that. It's happened so many times. Um, that will be followed by the seven trumpets. A.K.E.B.S. Uh, tech messages, alerts. Uh, you at this time uh, will be asked to go to the radio, TV, or phone 
that will come on with the U.S. military message. Um, everything else, the phones, media, uh, internet, ATMs, uh, will be shut down except for the EBS uh, announcements. This is so crazy. Now think about the fact that, like, why can't somebody stand back and go, what if, what if this is a ruse? Since they don't know, like this, the, the, the point, the whole point is this all stems from things that are posted by anonymous people that they've chosen to trust, right? Trust the plan was a mantra of QAnon. Why can't they ask whether or not they're being played? And this is going to be a military deployment. Like this will be the last straw that's executed to, to control us for the technocratic move. And they all go, okay, perfect. It's happening. Everybody shut down. Don't ask questions because QAnon said, <laughs> I mean, that's certainly possible too, isn't it? Scary, man. This global martial law will last approximately 10 days to two weeks. Everything will be shut down. After the 10 days of elite cleanup, we will be connected to the Starlink and the new uh, system that is ready to go. Oh, great. So Starlink and everything else was tapped in directly to the Great Reset and technocracy. Like, this is some next-level willful ignorance. Well, because Elon's the right-wing guy that's striding for free speech and Trump, right? So it all makes sense. As long as you're not paying attention to anything else, of course. The old governments, education, finance, and health, and commerce will be dismantled and will be replaced by the new technologies that are awaiting us. Oh, good. So the Great Reset. You hear that? Good luck. Great. So don't worry, guys. It's the good great reset, right? It's the good next level technologies that will be used to put you in a technocratic prison for the good guys, though. So don't fight it. Just sit back and enjoy the next slavery that they put around you. I mean, this is just so frustrating that people can't ask. I mean, I look, I mean, you look, there's a lot of people that were sharing these kind of things. And I just simply said, so now it's 500,000 sealed indictments. This is the same Q narrative with new additions like Starlink. That it failed to materialize countless times despite precise predictions just like that. Plus, they apparently want the Great Reset, but the good guy won, right? Good times. Well, Rob Reiner says something I think is hilarious. This was two days ago. Hard reality. (laughs) For our democracy to survive, which, by the way, even though we know democracy is mob rule, is still some semblance of kind of involvement from the population, right? At least part of it, the, the, the majority of it. But that's not even what they go on to describe. Like, that's how embarrassing these people are. They have this word democracy they use about whatever they think that means that they, the right things are happening, whatever that means in their mind. Democracy is whatever Rob agrees with, right? Whatever this means, so silly. But he goes, Har- for our democracy to survive, two things have to happen. Donald Trump needs to be convicted for January 6th, of course, right? And there can be no third party candidate. <laughs> Welcome to banana republic democracy. Like, it's just, these people are ridiculous. I mean, that's stupid. That is absolutely objectively ridiculous. What you're saying are things that are counter to the idea of any free election system. He can't be allowed to do it, and there could only be two. It's like these people are like budding technocrats. These are budding authoritarians or full-blown authoritarians. Let's not forget, they happily published this article, The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Right. So Russia stole it for Trump and then we totally stole it for ourselves. But that's democracy for you. It's just so dumb, guys. It's really now I in no way think Russia stole it for Trump. That's what they're saying. I think they all cheat every time from every side as much as they possibly can. And I think we've proven that on the show over and over and over. 
But here's the other side of it. Almost no Trump voters consider Biden a legitimate 2020 election winner, which a lot of them don't. Right. So it's funny how both sides can recognize the system's broken, yet all scream vote, vote harder. Let's vote this time because we'll be cheated the right way this time. Hooray. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I'm going to end with a video from Matt Orfala because he does great videos on this. Now, this one is definitely right side or I mean, like in the sense where it's it's calling out the left more than the right, I would argue. But nonetheless, if you know the full picture, which the left and the right do this as much, I think it's equal, in my opinion. It may ebb and flow over the years, but it kind of goes back and forth, like I've said many times. The, the point is still the same, right? That if we know, if we understand that the one side thinks that, that, that it was stolen from Trump and the other side thinks that Trump stole it from them, it's very clear they both have this mindset. So it's just funny in this case to see how the left would go on to act like those are different things. Now, what, before I end today, I want to make the point about this because I, I could not by sharing this video. It just frustrates me. So here is Dom Luker, who I'm not really a big fan of some of the stuff he puts out, but make, make all the Republicans denying the elections go viral. Of course, you know, left wing, right wing, somebody typically in that mindset doesn't usually have my respect. But the point is that it's about both. But in no way does this person give any shout out to Matt Orfala. In fact, he goes so far as to remove Matt's name from the video and adding his own. And of course, yes, he did do something to the video, which in fact makes it impossible to listen to. It's actually far worse. But overall, literally wholesale takes Matt's video and frames it as his own. Welcome to the independent media today, guys. It's fantastic, isn't it? People, it's, it's, these people should be called out for what they're doing. That's ridiculous. Of course, Matt deserves credit for his outstanding video. And of course, he just, being the person that he is, the kind person he is, says, please give me a follow. And says, oh, I like the new music, Dom, even though I know that he doesn't. And I say, the new music that was added, and the way the audio is now out of sync, by the way, ruined the whole damn thing. And he did not even credit you, which you guys know. Now, just, just really quickly, listen to the beginning of this. Now, by the way, it is actually that low. Even with full volume, I can barely hear what he's saying, and the audio is completely out of sync. I don't even know why he did that other than to make it different so he could claim it was his, quite frankly. The bottom line is, this is his video. Here is his video. Matt Orfel's video, who deserves all the credit for this great work. You know that's important, guys. It's funny to me that there are people out there that would argue, like, oh, it doesn't just matter that the information's getting out. Well, yes, it does to a degree, but when you manipulate it, or when you alter it, and I mean, first of all, of course people deserve credit for their work. And the people that take the other people's work, that's the point I was making the other day. Well, they clearly care about credit as they add their own name to it. So it's funny that people that are okay with those people taking somebody else's work are okay with shout, for shouting him down, saying, why do you care about credit when it's obvious he does? And then, of course, the bigger point is about making sure this is done the right way with all of the source material that Matt includes that he does not. And that is obviously the bigger point. I had to make that point because I did, when, I, when I was grabbing his video, I saw this and I was frustrated by that, as we all should be. Thank you, Matt, for doing great work. I think this video is hilarious. I will end with this and play this on the way out for you guys. <clears throat> but make sure tonight, before we leave, that you tune in to our watch along and Q&A. It'll be at 8 p.m. Central Time on, these, on, the, on The Last American Vagabond. I believe Corbett's going to post the link to it on his website as well. And it'll be on all the T-Lab channels. And we'll be watching the about 30 plus minute documentary called COVID 9 11. It's an outstanding documentary, and it's so important to understand how these things all connect. 
So thank you for being here as always. And like I've been saying the last so many times, I think it's important because we've been seeing a lot of continue, like we've been seeing some great support lately, which I really think is powerful because we really do need to grow what we're doing. If you're out there listening and you believe in what we're doing and you appreciate what we just put forward, the unique aspect of what, what I'm piecing together for you and the information that, and, and again, the entire platform, all of the writers, all of the work we're putting out. If you want to support this platform, it's simple to take, go to the website, the drop down. Actually, here, I'll do this. So you guys can see it for yourself, and then we'll wrap up with the video. I won't forget, as I tend to do sometimes. On the website here, I've also added this, by the way, so you can now see the Truth Clothing as well as Big Frog Clothing, because we do have the new Big Frog Clothing site as well, where I have that Free Speech Absolutist t-shirt where it says I Sport T-Lab on the back, and then the They shirt where it says The Hierarchy Enslaving You, which I love. You can buy those and support us as well. But in general, on the platform, here's the T-Lab, the post from today. You can see it here where you can hit donate, and it'll take you to the main page, or you can go up here and hit donate. And this is the place, this is where I argue you go, honestly. As much as there is a little bit of a fee in general, it seems to be the best, quickest way, where there's a portal on here where I think I need to add crypto still to it, but you can also do crypto up here, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and so on. But donate here for $1 a month. If everybody watching right now donates $1 a month on recurring you know, set up like a recurring monthly donation. Never think about it again. I doubt $1 will affect anybody, but it will make the world of difference for what we're doing. As, as the No Agenda podcast, I believe, really coined the idea of the value for value, right? That we put forward this completely free. No advertisements, no pop-ups, nothing. Now on the website, uh, other than what the platform put on without my permission, in sense of like YouTube and so on, but nothing like that because we rely on you. We wouldn't exist without you. And I'm honored to say that. So thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. We're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen. What about the 2016 election? Look, I'm not going to go back into history. It was a stolen election. It was stolen. Stolen. He's an illegitimate president. He's an illegitimate president. You know, pretending to be president. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he didn't. One third of Clinton supporters say Trump election is not legitimate. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. You are absolutely right. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. The 2016 election was stolen. Got a nicer way to say that? Say Russia hacked the election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. A little louder, please. Russia hacked our election. That was a 9-11 scale event. This was a kind of cyber 9-11. American cyber 9-11. Yes. Russia hacked our election. Russia, you know, of course, hacked our election here. Half of Clinton's voters believe the conspiracy theory that Russia hacked election day votes. We know that they were into voting rules. Actual interference with the elections themselves. We know it happened. Despite no credible evidence, 67% of Democrats believe Russia tampered with vote tallies. Hacking the U.S. election. Hacking the U.S. election. Russia hacked our election. The Russians hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Russian hacking of our election. Hacking of our, of our election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. Stolen election. Russia hacked our election. Russia hacked our election. The universal assessment that Russia hacked our election. 
election 2016. Foreign governments hacked our elections. Most young Americans consider Donald Trump an illegitimate president. An illegitimate president. He's an illegitimate president. Why is he illegitimate? He just won an election. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. That's it. I absolutely agree. Experts urge Clinton Kemp to challenge election results. We will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. He's an illegitimate president. Russia hacked our election. Russians hacking our election. Hacked our election. Russia hacking our election. I don't see the president-elect as a legitimate president. Trump is an illegitimate president who stole the election. He is not a president. He's illegitimate. And my biggest fear is that he's going to do it again with the help of Vlad, his best pal. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Hillary Clinton voters call to overturn election results. More than 4 million people have already signed a petition on change.org calling for the electors of the Electoral College to quote ignore their states, votes and cast their ballots for Secretary Clinton. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. We are the victims of a bloodless coup. He didn't win the general election. Yo, Electoral College make Hillary Clinton president. Period. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. Illegitimate president. Then don't accept Trump as a legitimate president. This wasn't on the level. This election was not on the level. I don't think he's a legitimate president. Our election wasn't legit! He got his victory from cheating. Yes, Trump cheated. Trump cheated the 2016 election. He's an illegitimate president. No validity, no credibility. Mm -hmm. And because of that... Anger at what some see as an illegitimate president. It will not be a peaceful change of power. A number of incidents turned violent. Protesters hurled trash cans, flash bombs, and objects at police. Several officers injured. Protesters threw rocks and smashed windows, leading to more confrontations, injuries, and arrests. The chaotic scene just blocks outside the secure area of the inauguration. If denying election results is extreme now, yeah. why would so let's let's be really clear. That comparison that you made is just ridiculous. Protests against Donald Trump's election victory surged overnight, and some became violent. Violence erupted on the streets of Portland during the second straight day of protests over the election of Donald Trump. Some protesters launched fireworks and other projectiles at police. Several people began vandalizing cars. Some demonstrators smashed door windows. Protesters faced off with police in other cities, too, including Oakland, Denver, and Minneapolis. Violent protests continuing now for the third day in a row. Some 4,000 angry demonstrators over Trump's election victory taking to the streets. Officers in front of thousands of protesters in what police called a riot. Setting fires, taking their frustrations out on cars and buildings. People threw projectiles at officers and damaged property as well. I threw a trash can at them because I'm angry. One woman driving through was attacked as someone used a bat to smash her windshield. They are undermining our democratic process, everything that we stand for. 